up another union of the unwanted episode today we have a very special episode and another special guest we we've been very lucky to have some really amazing guests on every episode and today we have roger stone with us today which uh the timing could not be better because there's a lot going on i uh i see you one thing i want to kind of start off with uh asking you is that i think We've had these discussions on this episode a lot. A lot of people in the alternative media, because if if you're not familiar with these type of episodes, what what we basically created is a conference call for people in the alternative media, people who've been suppressed, people who've been, I mean, that's where the union of the unwanted came from. I, I try to gather people who've been unwanted by big tech, by mainstream media. and Enemies of the state. My yeah. fellow enemies of the state. Yeah, it's, basically. It's an absurdity. Uh, we've never seen this level of censorship, this this level of muzzling alternative opinion. Uh, it is unprecedented. They put up a virtual iron wall between the corporately owned media uh, and their allies in Silicon Valley, uh, in which they believe some alter truth. There is no evidence of voter fraud. That's absurd. None whatsoever, which is an absurd claim given not only the mountain of both interesting, uh, substantial and compelling, I would say almost overwhelming evidence uh, of voter fraud. Um, additionally, there appears to be uh, the uh, cyber manipulation of the vote. I got a lot of questions about that, but um, I know Sidney Powell to be someone, an attorney who takes her responsibilities very seriously. And the, uh, the assertions he's made about the action she intends to file or seem chilling. I'm not an attorney, so I can't speak to that question. Um, but this, this censorship, or I should better put it in a better way, this control of mass communication gives the, the, the combine, call them whoever you want, the deep state, the military industrial complex, the political establishment, and we know what we're talking about, uh, the permanent um, neocon class that has infected both political parties. Uh, this, uh, this is an unprecedented, even for them, level of censorship. Uh, you can't even disagree. You, if you speak about some of these issues, you're branded a conspiracy theorist when they're the ones who for three years told us there was absolute evidence that Donald Trump was in bed with the Russians, except for there wasn't any. Any. So uh, it is a uh, it's kind of interesting as to where we are. Well, I see a lot of similarities. Put up there. I, I see a lot of similarities with the COVID thing. I've had Mickey Willis on my show, and and a lot of people, Dr. Scott Jensen, a lot of these people who've been suppressed. So the mainstream media is telling you that, like, hey, all the mainstream doctors agree on this, and yet 
like all the people who don't agree, who actually have evidence to, to goes against the mainstream narrative, they're being suppressed. And it's a similar thing now where you're seeing the mainstream media tell you that like, oh, there's, they're, they're, you're accusing uh, people of voter fraud and there's no evidence, but anybody who does have evidence like Ben Swan or anybody else who's actually been reporting on this stuff has been suppressed, right? Yes. No, it, it's, it, it, is, it is exactly that. So um, we are, you know, at this point, we're in a process in which I think there was, in fact, two levels of voter fraud. There was the old-fashioned democratic machine-style fraud that came in many forms, corruption of mail-in ballots, corruption of absentee ballots, fake ballots, fabricated ballots, people voting more than once, dead people voting, Civil War veterans, particularly good record of participation in this most recent election. Uh, there's a mountain of evidence there. Whether those issues provide a sufficient cause of action to overturn an election in the courts uh, is a question I can't answer because I'm not an attorney. It is certainly uh, should be grounds uh, as far as I can see. And then it does appear to me like you have the cyber manipulation of the vote, which is an issue that deserves to be aired. Uh, but, uh, you know, those who who talk about it are immediately branded as conspiracy theorists and they're deplatformed. But look, I was a pioneer. They blew me off Twitter at 550,000 followers uh, well over three years ago. Uh, and I'm, I think I hurt Jake Tapper's feelings or something. It was something really innocuous that uh, they went crazy over, but uh, it, is where, it is where we are. Now I'm gonna shut up and let other people speak. Yeah, does anybody have a, a question for, for Roger? Yeah, I do. Um, there's a question about this, the tabulation of the votes and everything. Uh, and people are saying, well, if we, if we calculate it correctly, it might swing some votes uh, one way or the other. And uh, that there, you know, if there was evidence of voter fraud, you know, we have to look into that. But if there's evidence of voter fraud, doesn't the candidate just become null and void? Isn't it just automatically Biden is removed in the... No, no absolutely no? not have to have a finding by some court or some legislative body. Um, basically, you, until the Electoral College votes, Joe Biden would not legally be president. Electors are allowed, they're not legally pledged, even though most of them, probably all of them, who would be counted at this point, we argue fraudulently for Biden, would uh, probably vote for him. But um, he's, you know, I think if he's really over by 290 as opposed to something in the 300s, he's going to be very close. Whether you can invalidate any of these state elections uh, in the state courts with an eye towards getting to the Supreme Court, which would be your ultimate goal, whether the Supreme Court would be loath to hear it, the courts traditionally don't like to get involved in political contests. Um, those, are a lot, those are a lot of questions. Uh, but uh, there is certainly overwhelming evidence at this point and the effort to just erase anyone who says otherwise is extraordinary. But you have to have you have to do something with that evidence. And it's up to the president's lawyers to bring a suitable lawsuit. So why why is the focus then on voter fraud, which historically only turns up an insignificant or negligible number of cases rather than uh, voting machines rather than genuine election fraud. They're, they're... I, think, I, actually, I actually think it is. In other words, what I have seen is that in the states, Republican lawyers, most of whom live in the state, some of whom are volunteers, some of whom who are on the RNC clock, 
um, but who understood their state election law, felt that in most cases there were numerous potential causes of action, in other words, different acts of voter fraud. Uh, and, uh, but there, they seem to be, uh, uh, I don't know whether they will choose the right one, whether I think that they are being subtly discouraged by some in the Republican establishment to kind of let this go. Um, that pressure is very definitely there. Uh, it, it is, but you have to examine both because ultimately the question would be if there was cyber manipulation of the vote and if there was old fashioned voter fraud, mail-in, absentee, so on, um, do, did they combine switch the votes to swing the presidency or did one swing the presidency or the other? I think the answer is that they didn't get enough votes um, the old fashioned way. That's, that's, but that would be speculation on my part. Um, I do have a high regard for, for Sidney Powell uh, based on the way she fought General Flynn's way out of the corner uh, and a great ad admiration for her. And she doesn't, she's not a lady who speaks lightly. I mean, she doesn't make threats that she can't back up from a substantive point of view. So I'm going to be very interested in see what her strategy is going forward. So, so I had a question in regards to fraction magic of the voting machines when researchers like uh, Bev Harris of Hacking Democracy, who's a liberal, actually would come out four years ago before the last election and was exposing fraction magic where they can take, you know, like your vote and have 52% of it go one way and 1% maybe go libertarians and 47% go to the other candidate where it's done at the machine level. How aware, uh, I know you don't speak for the administration, but how aware is you know, the Trump administration of that? And did they set any traps potentially to try to catch something like this? And what could be done about that? No, because I think to set a trap, you would have to anticipate it. It is pretty clear to me that the president's campaign never anticipated this moment. Look, I give the president enormous credit because I think that there, we've basically been subjected to a psyop. Uh, not only the constant repetition of polls that turn out to be not even close, uh, the slanted coverage uh, of the president, the uh, censorship uh, and limitation of any discussion of his son's business activities, which certainly looked bad to me. Um, all of that, I think, uh, the president, we were told repeatedly in the PSYOP, oh, between his handling of COVID-19 and the flight of suburban women, the president's goose is cooked. And I think only kind of despite his campaign, but through a superhuman personal effort to barnstorm in the key markets and hit the key arguments for his reelection, did he fight his way back to, I believe, win a majority of those legal votes cast? There's no anecdotal backup for the idea that Joe Biden was out polling Barack Obama. There's no evidence of any intensity. There's no evidence of any enthusiasm. The whole thing really does not smell good. Uh, and their, their constant, their limiting access to him because of his, their concern about his, uh, his mouth. Uh, and they are uh, basically doing an excellent job of trying to act like he is the president-elect when technically that's not true. The states are, haven't certified. You still have uh, state legislatures to go through in some cases where the legislature can make an independent judgment. They have to certify the electors to the Electoral College is a whole new battleground. Um, I don't see the president ever throwing in the towel as long as he realistically knows that he was, uh, that he was uh, you know, defrauded in this election, which he was.
I got a question for you, Roger. Um, here in Canada, we have uh, our great uh, leader, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau. And actually there, uh, what I heard from one of Justin Trudeau's best friend a couple of years ago was that they actually, the, the uh, Obama campaign was brought over to Canada to elect uh, the uh, and help elect Justin Trudeau. Now, uh, what uh, suddenly happened right away was that, you know, president-elect was, uh, you know, congratulated by Justin Trudeau right away. And I wonder if you're aware of that huge connection between the liberals in Canada and the Democrats. Uh, I am, and it's not surprising. You notice that a number of uh, people who are supposed to be influencers immediately rubber stamped the Biden presidency. George W. Bush, who endorsed Hillary Clinton, and therefore that should be discounted. Mitt Romney, the epic uh, Benedict Arnold of our time. People need to understand that when Mitt Romney is on with, um, uh, I guess it was uh, Chris Wallace, criticizing the president's character, Mitt Romney is a man who believes in nothing. He ran for the US Senate. Uh, to the left, it's Ted Kennedy on all social issues. Uh, he ran. Uh, he is not a conservative. He had trouble saying he said he was severely conservative, which no conservative would ever describe themselves in that way. But he wanted to run for the Senate in a state that he did not live in, but he had family connections to. The Republican state treasurer, a fine man, a Trump supporter, wanted to run for the Senate, had been preparing to do so for several years. Romney prevailed on the president to lean on the treasurer to uh, get out of the race so that Romney would be unopposed. Then Romney asked for the president's endorsement, which the president gave him. And what has, uh, what has he been, what has he gotten in return? Nothing but the shiv in the back. Now, interestingly, George Romney, his father, did the exact same thing to Barry Goldwater. Uh, sent him a vile 12-page letter and reduced it to the press, accusing, falsely accusing Goldwater of racism. Um, but th these people, I mean, before he ran for governor as a Republican, Mitt Romney's a registered independent. He supported Paul Songus against Ronald Reagan in 1980. So don't lecture us about what's conservative. It's laughable. I have some questions for you, Roger. Sure. We, we met at American Priority Conference. I took a picture with you and took a stone and, and I posted it on Instagram and I lost a couple of friends. They're like, I know you're going through a lot, but what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you okay? Because I posted a picture with you. Uh, so I, you're obviously a woman of great taste and discernment. <laughs> I am. She's got great lips. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. They're not silicone. Um, my question, can you comment on the rumor regarding the watermarks and the comment that Steve Pachenik met and made and I called the Department of Homeland Security and they told me to call per state. Now it's a supposedly sting operation, but there's no universality even between in a state between counties. And two, can you comment on the executive order that President Trump put forth in 2018 about foreign interference? Uh, yes, let's take them. Let's take them one by one. Um, well, tell me, um, let's take the second one first. Um, I do think that, um, that there was cyber manipulation of our, uh, of our election. I do think that there were votes manipulated. I do think we're going to find substantial evidence. If that was done from offshore, which I believe it was, if our data bounced around from Germany to Italy, uh, I took a brief tour of Europe before it came back to us, 
after which it was homogenized. Um, I think that that is a, I think that is, um, uh, you know, that's a legitimate issue. Your first question, tell me again. You're muted. Uh, Sorry, the, the first, and also, by the way, Dominion is based out of Canada, so that is also considered yeah. foreign. So, um, so I, I guess to go to the, the, well, go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. The, the, first, the first comment is about Steve Pachenik's comment. Oh, yeah. um, I, I don't see how this is um, logistically possible, given the disconnect of the states. There is no one central federal ballot. Um, it's a great story, but I do not think it's accurate. Um, I'm not criticizing Steve Pachenik. He's a... Uh, generally been pretty accurate, but um, I don't think, I just don't know how you would pull that off. I don't see the logistics of it. Um, whereas I, I, there's no question that the technology that was used in the hammer program under the scorecard subset, which enters the computer line of custody when the counties send the results to the state, that's the entry point at which the data is taken and I believe corrupted. Um, I, that's a legitimate argument as well. And there's a evidence there. Um, I'm not privy to what um, Sidney Powell and uh, Mayor Giuliani have in mind as their legal strategy, but knowing Sidney Powell and the mayor well, I think it will be uh, compelling. Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk to you, Roger, about it's, it's uh, having these conference calls of the alternative media. One thing that we've discussed a lot throughout these months, I mean, we started about like six months ago, five months ago, doing this every other week, is that th throughout this whole journey of the, the Trump administration, there's a lot of us that feel like, hey, he's not a part of the administration. He, he's an outsider. And then there's a group, there's times where things happen and you're like, wait, maybe we're being tricked. And, you know, obviously, when you follow politics as closely as many of us on on these calls, you see it happen over and over again. I mean, they're great liars. They're good. But I almost feel like what happened after the election, the fact that even his own uh, his party, the Republican Party, didn't seem to have his back. Fox News didn't seem to have his back. Almost highlighted the fact that maybe he was an outsider after all. I think he's the ultimate outsider. And to that extent, um, you know, he had no experience in American politics. I think what's actually amazing is with the implacable opposition, really, of the leadership of both parties and a thousand obstacles, big and small, put in his way, how much he was actually able to accomplish in four years. I mean, you had the greatest economy in our history. You had the highest level of job growth. You had the highest level of wage growth. You had the highest levels of employment among all people. You had billions coming back into the country for reinvestment here. You had better trade deals that were benefiting us for the first time. You had, you had the ongoing effort to seal the border um, where he never really stopped fighting and continues to fight. It's amazing that he got as much done as he did because they're just every day they're trying to get you drawn deeper into the swamp. Uh, and they, they prattle on and on about the rule of law, but where was the rule of law when Barack Obama and Joe Biden decided to use the full authority of the United States government uh, to surveil a presidential candidate of the other party without any evidence beyond the Steele dossier, which they know is a phony, but they use it. They, and they, they both, uh, 
FBI Director Comey assures us that there's a rich mosaic of evidence of Russian collusion, but in the end, there's only the Steele dossier. So um, they spend all this time telling us that uh, that uh, this is uh, uh, this is uh, uh, absurd, but the facts I think are really clear at this point as to what transpired. The president was subjected to a partisan witch hunt predicated on fabricated information that they filed with the FISA court, violating the law. Uh, it, it's really quite extraordinary the extent to which they wanted to get rid of him. Generally speaking, when you have an outsider, um, when they cannot defeat you, which is what they try to do first, they then seek to co-opt you. That means get people into the administration who will water down or dilute or otherwise um, slow the president's program down. Uh, that is unfortunately a great, uh, a great tradition. Uh, but it's still amazing how much he has gotten done given this level of opposition. Yeah, well, there's things like, you know, one topic I'm very passionate about is the vaccines. I've had a lot of people about that topic on, you know, Bill, Del Bigtree and, and uh, Dr. Brian Hooker and all this stuff. And he, he honestly, it's one of those uh, those topics that I, I mean, uh, Trump actually questioned it during a debate when he ran the first time. He, he brought it up publicly. He talked to Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, and initially and all this stuff. And, and it, to me, it's one of the most important topics because it's a perfect example of censorship. It's a perfect example of government getting into your personal lives. And you're seeing it now where it's like you, you know, and this is why this election, I almost felt like was a one topic or one issue election, because I, I, I looked at everybody. It didn't matter if you're a liberal conservative or, you know, libertarian, anarcho-libertarian, socialist. I'm like, does anybody like the way things are right now? If nobody likes the way things are right now, then unfortunately, if you vote for Joe Biden, things might just get worse, you know, and, it, it just to me, it, it, it's been very frustrating every week doing these shows. And you see, you know, you talk to people from all over the world, all over the country, and everybody is just upset because it's it's one of those things where, you know, I've said this on the show before, when you're talking about foreign policy, like and, and you know, some people can lose interest in that because they get to go to dinner, they get to go on with their lives. It doesn't affect them that much if we're in Syria or not. It affects some people, but the average American, it doesn't. But these issues are affecting everybody and it's seeping into, I mean, there's just a, a story recently about uh, giving 11 year olds consent in DC, a bill that they're trying to pass where they can get a vaccine in school without their parents knowing. I mean, it, it's insanity. And there's, there's no question about it. And um, I think big pharma is no lover of this president because of his drive for lower drug prices. So they were out to mug him. There's no question about that. I'm a, I'm anti-vaccination. I'm not a scientist or a doctor. It seems to me to be not the vaccination itself, but what's in it that is um, uh, this potentially dangerous. But I'm against any mandatory policy. And I, I'm very skeptical of this rush to a vaccination uh, for COVID-19, which would be the first vaccination that actually changes your DNA in ways that I think is, are dangerous. Uh, and I, who I really admire enormously is Robert Kennedy Jr., because uh, he comes from an establishment family. Uh, he's a person, I think, of enormous integrity. Uh, he's an environmentalist. Um, he has stepped forward and taken this fight on. He's been denounced by members of his own family, but that's too bad because he's right. 
uh, and he's been very, very courageous about it. I admire his leadership. Um, I liked, um, you know, his father was a man of great courage as well. Uh, staunch anti-communist, worked for Joe McCarthy, actually. Part of the Robert F. Kennedy Sr. narrative they don't tell you. But um, uh, one of the Kennedy sisters dated Joe McCarthy. Joe McCarthy was, a, uh, was in the bridal party when uh, Bobby Kennedy married Ethel. Um, Robert Kennedy was the only Senate Democrat to attend Joe McCarthy's funeral. Very interesting. You know, since we've got Roger Stone here and he just uh, mentioned the vaccines, I was wondering what your take is on Andrew Cuomo in New York now that the New York State Bar Association has said it will be mandatory in New York to take this uh, COVID-1984 vaccine, especially because the media pre-election and post-election almost made Cuomo Trump's foil and not Biden. So what are your thoughts on that, Roger? Um, I agree with that analysis. Um, I think the governor is a real liability in his own actions. I mean, I was at the bookstore the other day, and I see that Andrew Cuomo has written a book on leadership, which is extraordinary, given what we know uh, about um, the, uh, the assignment of people who were infected or people who could be affected to nursing homes. This looks like a mass murder to me, a mishandling of the situation. The governor sought to blame everybody else or gloss over it, praising his own leadership. Um, I don't think that's an accurate depiction of what has transpired, but the mainstream media narrative required the Trump is fumbling the COVID-19 response, which I think is creating. At the end of the day, Joe, all, despite Joe Biden's huffing and puffing, virtually everything he's proposing in his new task force has already been done, except the annihilation of our economy and our social fabric, which they would also like, and I think is a mistake at this juncture. Yeah, it seems like in order for Donald Trump to actually win in terms of now, now that we're in this stage that we're of the fight right now, and it seems like what he would have to do is obviously get the will of the people and not just necessarily his base, but also some people outside of his base. And being a libertarian, I... Uh, I, I was a hardcore Trump supporter in 2016, sort of embarrassed to say a little bit. I was a liber Ron Paul libertarian guy, then voted for Gary Johnson, and then went to, went push for uh, the president in 2016. Had a Donald Trump, I mean, bought a signed hat before the election. I mean, I listened to every single one of your shows in 2016 on Alex Jones. Listened to Alex Jones every day for like five or six years. Oh. I stopped. I stopped after the election, though, because it came it became nothing about Trump. It became everything about Trump afterwards. But anyways, he didn't win my vote this time because I saw that there's so many areas in terms of my big thing is economics. And I saw that he had Gary Cohn on as his first economic advisor. And then, I mean, I don't need to get too much into that. He had Jerome Powell. And the day he picked Jerome Powell, I knew that for me, my main issue was the Federal Reserve and then seeing a swamp monster like him. Uh, anyways, not to tie up this whole the whole big thing with all these great people on, but I think what what... I'm just wondering if he could throw us like, like a bone and maybe one way to help galvanize us would be get like freeing like, like Ross Ulbrich and or having like Julian Assange getting a pardon for him. Because if he really wants to energize this uh, this base of all these people who, uh, you know, want to be able to support him. I mean, I just want to see if he can throw us a bone. And, and actually, the day after you were hit with the Ryerson attack, you were supposed to be on Ernest Hancock's show. And unfortunately, I mean, obviously, you had the no show because you were in the hospital. And I, I filled in for you that day to talk about Taneo. Uh, and I gave you, and I actually made like a one minute thank you because I thought that you and uh, actually at the time Drudge, I mean, obviously now he's not a fan of the president, but I thought that you, Alex Jones and Drudge are probably the, on the Mount Rushmore of 
people that were MVPs of the election. And I never got to give you that one minute. Thank you. Uh, but if, but if Trump wants to help out some of the people to help get him there, but part of that thank you was I was inspired that that other people like me who created a page out of nowhere and was reached like a million people right before the election. I created a page right before the election, reached over a million people, and then boom, right after the election, I got shadow banned. Ninety-nine percent reached, Believe kicked off of YouTube, and and the me, fact the president said nothing. Believe me, I get it. But I mean, I think the problem here is that as a libertarian, as a believer in the free market, you got to finish the story. Yes, Trump did have. Gary Cohen, a Wall Street guy, a globalist, somebody who doesn't understand growth economics, but he was dismissed. And the president, I think, brought in the most dynamic member of the Trump team, Larry Kudlow, who is does have libertarian instincts. Um, and they're the ones who unleashed this mountain of tax cuts and regulatory cuts, which as anti-government conservatives, libertarian conservatives, I, I think that that is a, a, an extraordinary thing. Now, uh, Along comes COVID. Uh, Trump is not a scientist. He's not a doctor. The doctors around him who are all establishment corrupted, uh, basically uh, given these draconian projections of how many will die if he doesn't shut the economy down. He errs on the side of caution because he doesn't know. Um, thank God their projections are wrong, but you can see why he wouldn't want to rely on them a second time to shut down the economy. Uh, which is, uh, I think, uh, uh, interesting in itself. Yeah, well, as part of that story, I was I was on Facebook in 2004, and the very first show that I said that I liked uh, was Larry Kudlow because I was watching him at 14 years old. And the problem with Larry Kudlow is, as soon as he he becomes a, a company guy and he switches a lot of his stances, just to become pro-Trump and he actually backed away from a lot of things. And then also, I mean, Trump, there was 16 times during the election or, or even more during the uh, run-up in 2016 where he said the economic numbers are fake and he was talking about the jobs numbers and said these job numbers are the most folk fake phony numbers that have ever been existed just to make presidents, politicians, and economists look good. And so the fact that he was speaking my language and then flipped it, yeah, if you're using the same rigged numbers, he did make the rigged numbers look good, except then he flipped the script. And so that, for someone that actually knows the numbers, I was doing presentations on this before COVID hit, so I don't blame him for the COVID stuff. And it's not that, it's just that even a guy like Larry Kudlow completely changes his tune, uh, you know, because once, I mean, he was a big critic of the president, and then he gets in there, and then all of a sudden now, uh, now he starts you know, basically carrying the bags, you know, for, for Trump on certain things. But, you know. but he has been the spark plug. He's been the apostle of the pro-growth uh, policies that have really made the whole nucleus of the success of Trump's presidency, um, I think is attributable to his to the president's chosen jockey, who is not the Wall Street corporatist that you mentioned earlier, because that was a horrific appointment. It's hard to understand. Uh, I kind of like your story because it's similar to mine. The last vote I cast in a Republican statewide primary for president was for Ron Paul. Then um, when the Republican Party nominated Mitch, Mitt Romney, I knew what he really was. I just couldn't stomach it. So I supported Governor Gary Johnson. Um, you know, it's hard to leave the Republican Party. It's the traditional home of Goldwater, Reagan, Nixon. I mean, I have a sentimental uh, 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 feeling for the party. I was a young Republican national chairman. I went to become a libertarian, probably would have stayed there uh, until Donald Trump staged the, you know, essentially a hostile takeover of the Republican Party, making my return, you know, possible. So I think the party's changed forever. In other words, I, this is not about really whether the president survives or whether he gets another term. He has started a revolution that is not going to go away. Uh, so now they have to censor that revolution because it's a uh, Reform is 
dangerous to the system. They Roger, like the status quo. Roger, can I ask you then, if you really think it's going to change, for instance, what are your thoughts on somebody like John Bolton, who you've spoken favorably above about uh, in the past, you know, basically telling him to throw in the towel, concede. Um, and, and I would say, I would argue his base, Trump's base, was never in favor of an Bolton appointment. What, what are your thoughts on it? Um, having known Bolton personally, um, I now recognize that I had misjudged him. First of all, um, I know him to be very able. What I never understood was whether he was just a, an able um, uh, executor of a plan uh, or whether he was, um, uh, you know, able to uh, do this in a way that, that worked. Um, I have lost faith based on additional evidence um, that he is able to do so. So, um, yes, I did, I did speak, I guess, hopefully of him at one point, but it has not borne fruit in terms of my expectations. Hello, Roger, I know you have a, a hard out in about five or 10 minutes. Um, we started off the, the panel here talking about censorship and talking about the crackdown on free speech. Uh, you, you kind of obfuscated to the FBI the nature of your relationship with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. No, um, I never spoke to the FBI, so. Or um, the, the Flynn investigation. I, I, I read the transcript. I never spoke to the Flynn investigation. Um, but whatever you were testifying on where the transcripts got leaked and we all got to read them and it was fantastic reading. Um, isn't it, isn't it more important now than at any other point that we collectively stand up for Julian Assange and for WikiLeaks because the precedent that it would set going forward is that any journalist or publisher, no matter where they are, no matter where they live, who receives classified information or goes to protect a source or publishes classified information can be extradited to the U.S., yes. thrown in a black hole for 175 years for printing vital information to the public. Uh, uh, so, yes, let me address that. First of all, I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't see this, but at midnight on Election Day, midnight, the busiest media day of the year, the Department of Justice released the last previously redacted sections of the yeah. Mueller report regarding Roger Stone, which proves that they had no evidence whatsoever that I conspired with Julian Assange. Right. They had right. any knowledge. I think, and I've gone on the record to say, Assange is a journalist. The claim that he's a Russian asset, I just don't believe we've ever seen proof of that. It's just an assertion of John Brennan uh, and, the, and the deep state. I think, interestingly, nothing Assange has ever published has been challenged in terms of its authenticity or its accuracy, which you can't say for the New York Times. Um, they can't uh, prosecute him, I think, under the New York Times um, uh, versus United States case for the publication of uh, classified information, but that's his real infraction. So they go and construct these charges against him in which he's accused of hacking. But when you look at their case, it's not clear that he hacked anybody. Uh, it, is a great, it is a great travesty. Uh, on the other hand, you have Mike Pompeo saying that he is a state actor, which I don't believe to be the case. Uh, he played a, uh, inadvertently, I think, a significant role in the uprising that elected Trump. So, yes, I have written several um, op-eds on this. I think the president should pardon him. I wish that he would. 
Hello, everyone. Uh, I just want to make a few remarks before I have to head out. Uh, I'm Chris Matthew from Forbidden Knowledge News. First of all, thank you, Ricky, so much for having me on this amazing panel. Thank you, Charlie, uh, for inviting me on as well. Now, um, I want to start by saying I am definitely not um, a politics guy for various reasons. Um, I believe in a way, or I used to, that it's all a show anyway. I think that the entire left-right division paradigm is all a part of a larger divide-and-conquer agenda. But I will say Donald Trump displayed some anomalies that I've never seen before when it came to his time in office. You know, like calling out the fake news, the insane tweets, uh, the fact that the entire mainstream media absolutely hated him and used everything they could to try and turn everyone against him even tried to impeach him. That's very interesting to me. Um, I couldn't tell you with certainty trying to fight the cabal or the elite, whatever you want to call them, or if it was all part of a larger show. Uh, if you look at 2020, it's like the, uh, the plot of the worst movie ever, really. Um, yeah, Trump has filed lawsuits. There's, there's evidence of voter fraud. Um, there's even the mainstream media mentioning this. The question is, you know, will they have enough evidence and what will the media and the left do in response? Um, I was never really on board this whole QAnon train. I don't trust the orange man, but if he can actually pull this off and prove that there was 100% fraudulent activity, it'd be insane. The media and the left would completely lose their shit and uh, it'd be hilarious, but of course, You'd have also widespread protests that, you know, could turn violent, which they usually do. Um, but if this happens, I would seriously have to uh, reconsider my thoughts on Trump and his in intentions. Um, but on the other hand, if he doesn't pull it off, creepy uncle hair sniffing Joe Biden will become president. And I guarantee that there won't be one decision or idea that comes out of his senile brain. Um, he's going to read his lines, follow his orders, and in my opinion, with a Biden presidency, we're going to witness mask mandates, vaccine mandates, extreme restrictions if you opt out, possible economic crash, definitely more censorship, yes. uh, possibly to the point of eliminating free speech, yes. a big tech corporate takeover completely with extreme surveillance, and you can probably forget about small businesses surviving if they continue with this whole corona op. Um, we're going to probably see a ramping up of the Internet of Things where we can just social distance forever and do everything online. Um, so right now our future is it's pretty uncertain to say the least. But uh, what I do know is the most amazing thing happened as a result of this, of this elaborate psychological warfare op. Uh, people started to wake up and they started to smell the, uh, the fuckery, excuse my language, but so many people are now questioning the official narrative and realizing that they've been lied to their entire lives. Uh, it's, it's my hope that, you know, shows like this, people like us can not only get enough people to wake up and realize what's happening, but actually take action and doing something. Uh, getting this information out is one thing, but actually taking action and going it, you know, it's going to take as many people, as many like-minded people as possible. We the lost Roger. Is, he was leaving it. He had a hard stop. It would have been nice to just have him say goodbye. Sorry to <laughs> you. 
Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to finish up by saying the few in power needed to be uh, reminded that we do outnumber them. Uh, we need to say... Uh, we need to say no to what's coming to these agendas. I see other countries all the time taking to the streets to march against their uh, tyrannical leaders. Maybe it's time we do the same. You know, uh, I'm an optimist. I think that we can change this dystopian course if we lose the left-right, red-blue divide in the conquer agenda and focus on the real enemies because they hate us and they've already waged war on us, the people, and we have to start somewhere. And um, we have to start while we still have these platforms and we still have a chance. Yeah. And uh, that's, just, that's just the way I see it. And thank you again, Charlie, Ricky, for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it so much. Hey, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks, thanks one, thing, on. one thing we were talking about with, uh, you know, I said the Roger, and I'd like to get everybody else's opinion on, is uh, after the, I mean, do, do you guys because this is, is a discussion that has continued over and over again on this podcast where sometimes we have people on and they believe that, you know, Trump is different. And then we, you know, that he has done some things that no other president has done before. Like he, you know, bring up the vaccine thing. Um, I mean, he has brought up the military industrial complex before he has, um, you know, kind of F you to, uh, to, to big pharma with the whole hydroxychloroquine thing. But and then in other cases, like things that Tim said, um, has showed you like kind of a, a shades of like maybe being just like the other guys, you know. So, I, I mean, where where do you guys stand? I mean, do you or do you have that same internal dilemma? Well, I'll tell you what I would like to ask Roger, man. And by the way, way to put this together, Ricky. I feel like an asshole coming in late on this one, man. I'm glad I got a, at least the Bolton question in on him. I would oppose, you know, when um, your last guest that just went out said something about, well, will they be able to present enough evidence? Well, uh, Roger Stone's mentor wouldn't have cared a fuck about evidence. He would have cared about who the judges were and how we could get to them. And isn't that what I would have liked to ask Roger, is that really where we're at? Is the integrity of judges or the disintegrity of judges via this uh, election or selection or whatever you want to call it? Forget about differences. At the end of the day, do we have any checks and balances? Do we have an actual judicial system? Yeah, exactly. Or do we have a cartel run system where you got guys like Roy Cohn, that guy's mentor, going in and obfuscating truths and manipulating verdicts? I mean, and and, hey, like like if you watch those documentaries on Roy Cohn that are out there right now, I mean, he doesn't think that he was not a part of all the major decisions in his part of the 20th, 20th century. So think about that and the levels of corruption. Man, great job again, Ricky. I just, I'm kind of blown away. When I turned on the thing and I saw it, I was just like, damn, what am I doing? <laughs> I tried. Yeah, but you know what to I'd do. I'd like to answer your question, Ricky. Well, I would have, re- yeah, just, I, I really, uh, you can give me props if I can get him and Greg Palace on at the same time. Then I will definitely get some props. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, yeah, let, answer my question, please. So I, I have this conversation with myself every day and when, when I learned that the CDC pays its employees to watch soap operas and having grown up watching soap operas until I threw my TV out, um, I think I, I also play with the idea that, well, we're, this is divide and conquer. We're more divided than ever. They can identify with every tweet, with every video, who the deplorables, the dissidents are. Um, and uh, maybe he played himself and he's way better actor than uh, fucking Kamala, uh, who's so fake. 
Um, but, but I think it's, we want, I mean, I get on Twitter every day, like, do you really think this, you really think this guy's different? Uh, it, it's, we're hopeful people and we're good people and we stand for truth. So of course we want to grasp to that notion. And he is different in that he is not a politician, but he's an actor. Um, and, and if he did all this good or whatever good, well, it's just going to get all, <laughs> Redact. It's all going to get reversed as soon as Joey is in is in office. So I mean, I I, I grapple with that every day. That's that. the boilerplate old school GOP agenda: tax cuts for billionaires, bloated military spending, started coups in Venezuela, Honduras, Nicaragua, starting to destabilize Guatemala ramped up the military presence in Africa, it's off the chain now, um, has been Israel's bitch from day one. I, I don't, yes, man, he says a lot of fucking entertaining and wild and great things, but his agenda and what has taken place, the, to say the least, man, the destruction of a free press under the Trump administration, through Bill Barr and through Jeff Sessions, like the this is just a run of the mill predator class wish list, and I I I love my friends that have been Trump supporters from day one. I do, man, um, and everybody wants to hope. Everybody wants to have hope. But I don't see anything tangible coming out of the Trump administration that that hasn't been regular old predator class agenda because the Democrats have voted with him like 88 percent of the okay, time. OK, so so this is where this is a discussion that I've had with a lot of people. I, I, I agree with you. And if anybody's listened to my show, I mean, throughout the years, I've had people on from all different uh, left, right, or whatever. I, I'm. Uh, I always say I'm a political atheist. I, it's all theater to me. It, it's. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I feel like this is the one time, and you guys, you know, please feel free to disagree with me or, or expand on this. This is the one time it's slightly different because what I've been telling people, or and what I've been telling myself also, is that. Okay, we can argue about, you know, his foreign policy, we can argue about taxes, we can argue about all this stuff. But right now, I just want my fucking life back. I want my kids to have their life back. I want I want to stop wearing fucking masks. I want uh, my kids to be able to go to school again and and be brainwashed. That's kind of a joke, but uh <laughs> but uh you know, I but I want them to just to be able to see their friends again and 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 not, you know, not have all this this awkwardness of when you run into somebody, you don't know if they're smiling, you don't know if they feel uncomfortable that you're too close. All this stuff that's going to have some serious, serious psychological negative effects on us, and it has. Um, and uh, you know, I, it's almost like I almost feel like okay, let's just let's not vote in the guy who's going to fuck who a hundred percent is going to continue this way longer than it has to. And m maybe you know, maybe if Trump goes in. You know, if he if he's the president, maybe he doesn't roll things back. Maybe, you know, but he at least has showed more evidence of it than obviously Joe Biden, who's just a puppet. And um, so to me, it's like I, you know, foreign policy, all these things. I mean, I've got I got into alternative media because of 
hating the Bushes so much, to be honest. I mean, it was the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war. I mean, all these things, September 11th, you know, I was, I mean, that's, I've been a fan of Jason Burma's forever because of this. I mean, it, it's awesome that we're, we're friends now because I've been, you know, his, he red pilled a bunch of people, you know, including myself, his, uh, his documentary. And, um, and obviously Richard Grove being, uh, you know, a 9-11 whistleblower. And so, it, you know, these, without a doubt, like, I think the majority of us, 99% of the time would be like, you know what, it's all theater. But it's like right now, it's like, it's so deep into our personal lives. And it's, and, and I, I hate the way things are so much right now that I'm maybe like, she's, you know, like you guys said, like, maybe it's just me being hopeful that if I, you know, if I support this guy compared to that guy, maybe I'll be a little closer to things not being as shitty. I feel the, well, the same yeah. way. Like in, it's a choice between sprinting into a dystopian future with Biden and casually jogging towards a dystopian future with Donald Trump. You're still going to probably get there in the end. These maniacs have all the power. They, we know what they want. They're not shy about sharing it. We know where they want to go. It's more for them, less for us. It's feudal society where they're the kings, we're the serfs. We get all that. And, and, but, but I'm like you, Ricky, in, in that I don't, I don't fall for the left-right paradigm nonsense, but when one candidate is telling you my intention is to take us head first into the, the great reset and the other candidate is saying, mm, maybe, maybe not. I'm going to lean towards the guy saying, maybe, maybe not. doesn't mean I trust him. It doesn't mean I believe that he's a savior. doesn't believe I actually, I mean, it doesn't mean I actually even believe it. I just know that if one guy is saying that my agenda is this and the other guy is saying that my agenda might be that, but it might be something else. And we have two choices and two choices only in this shitty system that we've d developed. It's like, I'll lean for that guy, but I'm not, I'm not going to go out and like, you know, advocate for him really. You know, I'm still very suspicious of these guys and rightfully so, but, but the, the Biden administration just seems like a sprint into insanity. And I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not feeling that right so now. What, what's a solution? Because, 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 uh, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm sick of the thing. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for allowing me to join. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm Kingsley from uh, Float.app, new social media censorship resistance. We have cryptocurrency built in, and I was actually part of the 2008 and 2012. Um, I, we helped take over the state of Nevada for Ron Paul, um, and then I learned how just corrupt on the local level that you know politics can be. Got into cryptocurrency after really understanding what it what it you know can do and ending the Fed. Big part of Ron Paul's mission or yeah mission was uh, ending the Fed. And so now since then I've been kind of just a crypto entrepreneur, uh, building products and services in the space. So that's that's what I've kind of decided to dedicate my life to because not only can you make a lot of money with cryptocurrency, but also because I feel like it's the fastest uh, fastest and easiest way to a more peaceful and prosperous, you know, opt out of the financial system, uh, you know, for the world. So what, what, what are some other solutions that you guys can think of as far as uh, getting out of this two party, you know, paradigm that, that we were, well, were living in right now? Yeah, it's, it's not even a two-party paradigm, is it? Right? It's just con it's command control right now. One party, yeah, right. Yeah, well, like one one party. Yeah, can we get it to two? Well, I'm just saying, even yeah. any way you look at it, just just like uh, Mr. Robinson put it out there, he's right. Charlie's right. Is are we jogging or are we sprinting? Okay, and people need to realize, as of right now, we are on the ground with a fucking boot on our throat. Okay, so pushing back is over. Um, I, I, you see what's happening in New York. You're seeing what's happening nationwide. Uh, Joe Biden ran on a stance 
of mandatory masks if and when you go back to work. I would go with what Scott Atlas said. And I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to make this into MAGA, but just like Charlie said, it was very cut and dry. Trump was running on no lockdowns. Biden was running on lockdowns. Fauci's telling you right now you're wearing masks and you're social distancing after a vaccine. Scott Atlas is telling you the vaccine isn't mandatory. Don't get me wrong. None of our Operation Warp Speed is great. But the bottom line is it, it is no. And it's going to be no with at least your presence and force. It's not going to be no from a fucking keyboard. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. What Idaho did was the only semblance of people getting together and storming their local governments that even worked for a second. And right now, if we don't start organizing that, we are all going to meet the same fate, period. I, don't I agree. I agree. There is 100%. nothing else left, guys. It's storming your local government with a bunch of people, and they've already set up demonization via what? That whole Whitmer plot that was uh, you know, riled up by an FBI informant. I'm not saying we need to kidnap anybody. I'm not calling for anybody's physical harm. I want to make that abundantly clear. What I am saying is the halls of Congress and Senate in each state are fucking ours. They're ours, Okay. So if you want your life back, you better get a couple hundred or a couple thousand people and start storming these motherfuckers. And that's my next step. I'll guarantee I'm going to try to put something together like that here in Iowa prior to the inauguration of whoever is next if they continue with this. I am 100% there with you. I mean, I think that's, that's the answer. We need to get up off our asses and show up at the capital of every local, state, and federal building and say, get the fuck out or make some changes. I think that's the only thing that is going to possibly do anything. And when it comes to what you said about Trump, Charlie, you're right. Uh, one of the biggest things for me is the media fucking hates him so much and the left hates him so much and everybody just hates him. And that's a huge flag for me saying, okay, if they hate this guy so much and they're part of this agenda, you know, what is Trump really trying to do here? So that's the one reason that I am, you know, so on the fence with this guy and what's happening right now with this election. Many don't know why they hate him and he's the villain. So I wouldn't like look into too, too much of that because and again, they pay CDC to watch. But isn't he part of the WWF like Hall of Fame? Like where yeah, they, he's in the, the WWF corpor- <laughs> corporation that... Yeah. that- Put two Straight parties, two, two teams against each other. So I feel like, you well, know, he's an actor. And if you take a look at this, I mean, I think with him getting elected, it slowed things down, but it slowed it down temporarily. And then they just called an audible and they sped things up drastically. Exactly. So I think they had this event 201 and all the coronavirus stuff yeah. in their back pocket that maybe they were supposed to release years down the road. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Russia gate didn't work and, you know, you know, Russian hookers peeing on him didn't work and the Ukraine gate didn't work and the peaching didn't work. And so they had to go for, you know, plan, you know, you know, Z or something and throw a Hail Mary and it's, oh, we're going to lock down the whole world and let's just accelerate our timeline. So unfortunately, it almost seems like with him getting in there, it actually, the sprint just intensified, but I don't think he was necessarily a willing participant in it. I just think that they used him and, and, his, and, his, and I think that he was too cocky in there thinking that he knew everything. And the fact that Roger just told us that, he, that they weren't prepared for this fraction magic and they weren't anticipating this. You know, and honestly, if you're too dumb and you were not anticipating this, you don't I, deserve to be president because everybody knew, everybody knew this. Everybody yeah. knew that this was going to be going on yeah, if you're paying yeah. attention. I don't buy that for a second. Nah, me neither. I, they used yeah. the Rona as a cover, and we knew it back in April, May, when we knew that this was less fatal than the flu, and yet they were anticipating their CARES money six months into the future. How is that? 
It's well, the biggest see, psychological warfare operation we've yeah, seen, see. really. Well, see what's what's happening, guys. Like, I don't know if any of you actually watched the whole event to one thing. It's like a three-hour, you know, love fest of tyranny. Uh, but in that, you know, the, all the like the exact playbook that we're hearing right now, you know, it's coming out like lockdown upon lockdown. They're gonna just go harder. The boot, as you know, Burma said, the boot is gonna is down on our throat. They're gonna keep on, you know, stomping on your face right now because they have the plan go and watch it and you'll know exactly what these bastards are up to you know they're uh, here in here in manitoba we had a, a masks uh, you know hugs over masks and basically what the government did is they uh, they said that everybody that was on there you know on the facebook event or whatever they're gonna get fined uh, even though if you didn't show up and they called them a bunch of morons and idiots the premier did uh, right on uh, global uh, on television, and, and they have this playbook, you know, event two of one playbook, and they actually talked about in the playbook to have internet shutdowns to actually shut down the internet. But then they were afraid that there would be a revolution if they tried to pull something off like that. You got to remember the 65 million deaths that they promoted came out of that event two one. They had this, you know, laid out. And, you know, me and Tim, we focused on, you know, the financial system, but now we have a medical, tyrannical, totalitarian takeover all across the world. In my home country, Norway, actually in, in Denmark right now, they are at Parliament Hill, Burmans, they're doing what you're doing. And they're actually, you know, mandating government to cut off the law that is actually forcibly inoculate you in, in Denmark. But, you know, they're not leaving until they actually get the government to stop. And I think a lot of people need to go out there, especially what I'm seeing here currently in, you know, Kanadistan, you know, the communist hellhole that it's turning into. You know, people need to be out there and need to, you know, uh, you know counteract <laughs> the craziness that they're doing right now with the propaganda. Real quick, I just want to underscore and, uh, and like co-sign uh, Burmese's let's go flood the, the uh, local government. Um, December 10th is Human Rights Day. So if you can put that together by December 10th, that might be a great way to, to kick that off. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see other countries all the time getting out in the streets and, and protesting the tyrannical government, millions of them, and you never see Americans do it. Uh, you see a little bit of it recently because of all the, uh, the fuckery going on, but yeah, well, we definitely need to take to our capitals. People were protesting the lockdown. I mean, I just think, you know, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was huge, but a huge amount of people, but it seemed much less because those videos were being stripped from the internet and you couldn't see them. It was a completely okay to watch police stations burn, but you couldn't see a, uh, you know, the people getting upset about the lockdown. And I think it's some of that. And a lot of this is, is all a well thought out plan because if there's a lot of people, when you talk to them, regardless where they are politically, it, you're, you know, like you just start asking, like, do you like the way things are? Does any of this make sense that you have to wear a mask to your d dinner table? But then once you're at the table, you have to take it off in Massachusetts, where I live. Now you have to wear one in public, even if you're by yourself, even if you're, you know, it, even if you're in the middle of the woods hiking, you have to wear one. I mean, how does this make any sense? You know, it's we're in a dictatorship. We just don't know it. I mean, we're North Korea. The yeah. same way if you get somebody in North Korea, they don't know that they, they've been tricked into believing that they have some rights and they're not ruled by a monarchy. That's kind of what's going on here. It's like people and, and like Jason's been saying, like the government, even if you believe in the system, which I don't and I don't have any faith in it. 
because it's all corrupt and it's just a rigged game. But even if you believe in the system, you know, it's supposed to be government for the people by the people. Well, if I don't know any people who are enjoying the way things are, why the fuck are we letting the government continue continually cause all this, you know, this nonsense. It's like, we should be upset because it's like, if they're not doing anything we want and anything we're enjoying or anything for us, everything's against us, then who the fuck are they working for? Yeah, and there's no there's going back a, to normal either. I think there's only a small group of people like that Margaret Mead um, quote, that there's too much apathy. And it's like, now I, now I informally poll interview people and they're like, yeah, we know Well, we're just doing your job. So everybody's just going to do their job to usher in communism and going to be a obedient uh, Nazi and, and, and it's not going to ha- it's only be, a, I mean, a small group of people compared to, to the masses that are willing to storm whatever. I'll storm whatever. Um, because pe- people are just drinking the Kool-Aid and, or they're, they're apathetic. They're not willing. And I think I want to just say to your point earlier, because of people who've been in vaccine safety, I mean, I, I, we witnessed 200,000 people get mass vaccinated in Samoa last year, it happened 30 days. So because of vaccine safety and because of the Rona regime, um, I mean, now they're in- including people who are um, not, ex- not even willing to entertain the possibility of electoral fraud that we see this is waking people up. I mean, we know that they're lying. That the fact that you're a Democrat and you're not even willing to entertain the possibility and just say, I'm, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. No, mofo, this is not an opinion. I'm looking at lawsuits. I, I'm looking at affidavits. I'm looking at whistleblowers. You cannot deny the possibility of fuckery on a grand scale when we knew that they used the Rona as a regime. So anyway, what, whatever's, I'm down to do whatever. But I, I don't think looking at my brothers and sisters in China fucking Fornia, San Francisco, that any of these people are going to do anything. They are just drinking the Kool-Aid and or they don't care enough. You know, it seems like they're they're moving a little bit too fast and making a lot of mistakes, which is waking up people. Um, And if they keep trying so hard to 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 move these agendas along, more people are going to wake up and, and stop believing in this fuckery that's going on, which I think that's what's happening. They're just trying too hard, going too fast, and it they're fucking yeah, up. You know what? I, I feel like that's at times, but then when you see things like the Epstein story, it's something that a lot of us have been talking about, you know, child trafficking, the elite, uh, you know, uh, all being caught up in all this. We've been talking about this forever, and then when it finally goes public, and, and mainstream media is talking about it and Jeffrey Epstein becomes a household name, you're like, oh, look, people are finally going to wake up to the fact that this shit's going on and stop calling people who are saying things that just are too crazy for you to believe a conspiracy theorist. But then what ends up happening is the next time you, you propose a new thing, they'll be like, oh, that's a conspiracy. Listen, motherfucker, you just said that about the Jeffrey Epstein thing and I end up being right. So how about you listen to me? And just because it's a little too crazy to believe, don't just completely dismiss it. Because unfortunately, some of the darkest, craziest things that a normie, for lack of a better term, would completely dismiss, in just this year alone, a lot of that stuff has turned out to be true. Well, one of the things it's too late to, I think it's too late to wake a bunch of people up. I think if they're not awoke already, it's not going to happen. And it's, and the political system, no matter what happens in the way, you either got the left freaking out 
and and destroying everything where you've got the you know biden doing what you guys said he was going to do like fast paced into this tyranny you're either way that's kind of that's kind of a mess i like the, the only thing to do now is what are we going to do all the people that don't want to take the jab what's going to happen to us are you just not going to be able to go to concerts and flights and all that is it going to be some superficial bullshit that we don't really care about anyways or are they going to start coming after you i mean or us I feel like I that's where we're gonna at. Come after us. What I'm saying is, it's in, it's one thing to be awake. It's another thing to be willing to be on the front lines. To to you know, people are don't want to don't want to lose whatever they have left, or they're not willing. Uh, that's that's what I think. There are people waking up. I'm not discounting that at all. Um, at what point do we hold a conference yeah. to uh, organize militias peacefully? Now, now, yeah, now's the time before yeah. uh, they take this any further. Yeah, that's what I think so too. Especially, I mean, if Biden comes in office, I mean, we're talking about, uh, I'm, maybe you guys already discussed it. Uh, maybe I missed it, but just his top uh, top guy on his uh, transition team coming after free speech, hardcore, talking about hate speech crimes. I mean, when you when you get into that territory. Free speech. Yeah, I, I think we all know what, what it means here. Uh, so, you know, it's just like what this crazy, these commies are, are doing here. It's a communist takeover. And I joined the military after 9-11 after because I was brainwashed thinking that I was doing the right thing. And, you know, I took an oath. I don't take that oath seriously anymore. But I, but I feel like, you know, I'm a good guy that was trying to stand up for the right things. And I feel like now, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's a foreign and, uh, uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. And here, here we are with this like communist takeover that's been you know, incrementally, they've been taking over for just decades. I mean, I guess since like even the early uh, forever, really. But uh, but it's like, at what point do I, you know, do we start? You know, we know people. I know I, I know good people that that have a lot of military training, even even police officers that that want to do the right thing. And so, at what point do we start really organizing? And this is, I mean, at this point, it's 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 getting to the point where it's it's completely. It's been like this for a while, but for defense purposes. I mean, again, like my father, he's been in prison for 27 years for a nonviolent crime from 1993 for a small amount of cocaine. He's still in prison. He has a, he got a 60 year sen uh, sentence. At what point do is like enough enough? And there's so many people like that in that same situation. Now they're going to start throwing people in jail for saying the wrong thing. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm so sick of it and I'm ready. I, I don't, I don't want to fight. Um, but I do want to stand up and I'm, you know, I'm willing to defend, uh, you know, uh, family and community so i think jason was referring jason jason burmis was referring to scott atlas's tweet i think from yesterday yeah. he, he actually says rise up it's it's up to you to what you're going to accept this is the this is a guy that trump brought in for on the fda mm -hmm. yeah well let me say this number one just talking about militias in 2020 um is going to be interpreted as terroristic actions i hate to say it but that's 100 percent uh you can Put that to the bank. So that's over. I hate to tell you that, but there is no uh, vast amount of organizing militias through social media or any type of platform like that because we have a country right now where they are promoting Andrew Capo Cuomo as America's governor, and he is currently trying to not just sue the NRA, but dissolve the NRA through that lawsuit in New York. And it's basically almost impossible in the first place, pre-COVID-1984, outside of being a uh, law enforcement officer or former, or former military guy and uh, having really, really um, uh, good people back you up to actually get a pistol permit in New York in the first place. And, and the vast majority of Americans have now become so docile and afraid of the new domestic terror threat, which is number one, where I don't think that's viable. I think that, again, 
peacefully resisting, mixing civil rights with that spirit of 1776 and storming um, those facilities of government are really our only options at this point. And when we talk about this being about a virus, um, what I do and I try to do, and I've been you know, doing this week a lot, is putting it in their own words. When you've got a guy now, Tony Fauci, who once told you a mask didn't work, and in the beginning of this, remember, it was only an N95 mask that was gonna stop a virus anyway. Now telling you mandatory masks, doesn't matter what they are, post-COVID vaccine, even if 90% take it, these are his words yesterday, and social distancing, what is this really about? When you have Klaus Schwab of the Great Reset coming out and saying at the end of the fourth industrial revolution, this is about merging your physical, your um, technological, and what? I'm sorry, your digital and your biological uh, entity together. Your identity is all one. So one of the things I featured, I, I know uh, Richard Andrew Grove was in the, uh, the chat talking about this as well, as how Biden has been a part of this for many years. His mind may not be there now, but he's spoken on automation. He's spoken on the hollowing out of the middle class. He's spoken on basically this new world order that is being put into place through autocracy and people like Schwab and the World Economic Forum. So, you know, I would like to get Richard's take on how we expose this to the masses in more than just memes and sound clips. How do we really hammer it home that this never was, but is certainly no longer about a virus. Well, first off, I think you're right that it is through building a bridge of communication and understanding because what we're up against is an invisible enemy. You made a movie called Invisible Empire, right? And that talks about this dynamic through time. What do I mean by it's invisible? Meaning that you can't take up military arms against the, this dynamic. It is the literal link between people's eyes and the screen and the things they believe on it. So how they're controlling people, according to Walter Lippmann in 1921 through public opinion, he said you can't conduct a propaganda campaign until you do censorship. Because if you have dissenting views, no one's going to believe the propaganda. For the past four years solid since Trump got elected from that Google meeting that got leaked where they're all like, what are we going to do? We got to rig the election. They have censored everybody who had a big audience from Dell Bigtree to Alex Jones and everyone in between, they're all getting censored, deplatformed, deep sixing, right? So then you bring it forward in 1928, you got uh, Eddie Bernays. He writes a book called Propaganda. That says uh, that people need an invisible government to control their minds, to lead them like dogs on leashes. And there's a whole book on that. So the fact that we've been in this a hundred years, that our parents and grandparents grew up in this environment, and we took all this stuff to be like the, uh, you know, these guys on the news, Ted Koppel, they're telling us the truth. Fox News, whatever your favorite alphabet soup of news is, that is not what you need for education. And that is the same reason that people believe what they see because they don't know how to distinguish fact from fiction. They don't have that self-education. They've been schooled. They've been indoctrinated. And so the process of waking up and learning to ask questions and find meaningful and substantial and relatable and validatable answers in objective reality is the only thing that breaks that link between the propaganda and their actions. And all those big advertisers on all those big channels that are out there purveying their, their, their legacy news, those companies pay millions and millions of dollars to advertise to their audiences. Why? To make small incremental changes in their behavior over time. So unless you understand the dynamics of what is causing people to take these actions, then you can't effectively get at the root cause. And you certainly can't strike at the root cause of this with violence because that root cause is in all of us and everyone we know. And until we adult up 
and get some intellectual self-defense along with our physical self-defense, along with our non-aggression, we won't have freedom and we won't be able to retain or maintain it over time. I, I wish I agreed with you. I, I used to think that way, but I think it's getting to the point now where they start criminalizing speech, then we're not going to have any tools to, 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 you know, basically speak out or help keep communicating. So I think honestly, the time now is to organize for defense. And I mean, I, I don't know if anybody here else here has a military background, but I joined, uh, I, like I said, I joined the military after 9-11, went through- Are you familiar uh, with Schaefer Cox? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of people, they, they still, you know, it just, it's the same thing over and over. So you want to be in a communications management unit? Uh, I, no, I, I want to, I want to be, I want to create uh, defensive, you know, what do you want to call it? Defensive forces in, in our communities. And then and, we have help to organize. use more words to describe it, I think. And the other more. thing is, listen, if, if you're going to go that route, the first thing that you would have to do to even enable that in 2020 is to get the sheriff's department bare, bare minimum to be by your side. Bare minimum. I mean, if you're going to talk about- Run for sheriff. Now, there are some ideas. <laughs> well, well, again, that's one of those um, localized uh, enforcement officers that is a big part of your community and actually an electable, accountable officials. I've, I've talked about this often that sheriffs are really that last line of defense, but how many of them have risen up against their local mayors or gone against their state or local police? It's, it's minuscule at best. So now is the time, and, and before we have to raise our guns, you know, we have to raise our voices and feet to these steps. That's what I truly believe, because if you think that even a ragtag of guerrilla soldiers in the United States is gonna be any match for a militarized unit, the likes of which we've seen in just police forces, Okay, in this country, I drones just and robots. That's, that's it's not the 1930s anymore. Mm -hmm. Exactly, drones are real. Just because they mean, haven't turned on us yet, I doesn't know. mean they won't be. And and the next thing about this is, who are the targets? I mean, you. T I mean, let's be honest. If you take out Joe Biden, nothing changes. You take out Kamala Harris, nothing changes. You take out any of those puppets, nothing changes. It goes back to the discussion: Are we jogging or sprinting towards this dystopia? The only way that you're really going to do, do away with this, and again, I wish I had some more time with Roger Stone, is to inherently get rid of the system that we've erected that's taken away our constitutional republic, a.k.a. lobbyism. A, a Roger, the godfather of lobbyism. Lobbyism has to go out the door. The national security state has to go out the door. You have to have checks and balances again. Okay, corporate America can no longer be defined in the manner that a corporation is a human being, so I can be buyer or bear and release a uh, factor eight medication that gives people live HIV virus, costs people thousands, and I'm not charged as a fucking murderer. I could literally do more time in jail if I stabbed my fucking secretary on the floor, and that would be like less than killing a thousand people that you just pay a fine on for corporate profits. And that's not just the United States. Unless you're Joe Scarborough. Uh, well, you get a fuck. Yeah. See it, just MSNBC. walk in and all or of a sudden candidate. intern yeah. has her head bashed in. She she fell. Okay, <laughs> she fell. We and all... let's not forget that Bear used to be IG Farben before that, which created the gas that killed the Jews. And then they then merged with Monsanto recently. So you know that's just a match made in heaven. Billion dollars. I, I directed they... the film Vanishing of the Bees, which blows the whistle on Bear. But they, they but they're getting to the point now where they're cutting our money off. They're cutting our money off. They're cutting our voices off. They're cutting our communications, even talk with people, even reach our audience off. Dan Dix, they cut his Mailchimp account off, his GoFundMe off, his Patreon off. I mean, everything's been cut off. And, and so it's getting to the point 
point where now they're going to be cutting our travel off, you know, universal Tons. basic income. I mean, everything's getting to be getting cut off. And then Jason was mentioning New York. My dad, the one thing he hates more than anything about me is that my anti-police uh, stance, but he lives in New York. All his friends are cops. He had, he had uh, the people that vouched for his pistol permit were all police. And he's been waiting for like a year to get a pistol permit. And every single person that vouched for him was a cop. And, I, and another guy who I know that uh, Kingsley knows him, uh, someone that is actually getting interviewed by James Corbett right now is Howard Lickman uh, of Thick Red Line. And uh, he was going to use my studio to be part of this, but unfortunately it's all, it was, he's getting interviewed by Corbett at the exact same time right now. But Howard has put together uh, this Thick Red Line organization where basically he's trying to work with the local sheriffs to say, hey, listen, where is the line that you're not going to cross? And instead of this thin blue line, how would we all stand together as this thick red line? So I could try to get him on next time we do one of these. I did an interview with him recently and also with uh, Sheriff Richard Mack down at uh, uh, G.M. Griffin's Red Pill Conference. I think getting both of them on because Sheriff Richard Mack is one of those rare sheriffs that would actually go out and uh, you know stand up for the people and stand up for, you know, I guess whatever vestige of the Bill of Rights and anything that's left of uh, this country. I have, I have, I have a, oh, just one, one real quick thing. Um, yeah. uh, one of my best friends who was a Ron Paul supporter with me. I mean, he was the, one of the guys that we were like there at the, uh, the state Republican convention, like making sure counting the votes because they, uh, the, the previous in 2008, they, uh, they basically shut down the convention and turned off the lights and kicked all the Ron Paul people, Ron Paul people out so that he wouldn't win. Um, so super good guy. I've known him, you know, most of my life since high school and he is a sheriff's deputy. I, I won't say where, but my idea was basically to, uh, to you know, help organize something in, in, for defense. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, he basically is a sheriff's deputy in a small town that has, you know, water, natural resources, uh, farmable land. And uh, I was part of the, the group that we took two to 300 Ron Paulers, took over the, the Clark County Republican Party and took over Ron Paul for the state. So we can do the same thing on a very local level, on the county level. And basically, I mean, infiltrate, you know, counties, cities, wherever I, I have one location that that will work. And like I said, it's 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 very um, it's it's a good you know, I think it's a good place. I'm actually going to go uh, visit there this week. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, you know, hit me up because I, 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 I like I said, I'm part of a group that has done this before. It would only take about really about 100 people. And, and the idea is that, you know, you do the same thing that we did before. We take over the Republican Party there and we basically elect the people that we, uh, that we want into office to take over the, uh, the sheriff's department, the police department uh, on the local level at least, and then go from there. So it's just an idea, but I, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I have one comment before I have to leave, and it, is, it goes along the lines with these uh, working with your local levels. Um, my Producer and uh, co-host Corey Hughes, he has created a website. We're moving to Colorado this week. Um, there's a lot of fuckery going on in Colorado, especially. Uh, the, the website is savecolorado.org. Uh, he's got so much information. He does so much uh, research on the whole COVID uh, psych operation. Um, please check out that website. And if you want to get involved in your local communities, if you live in Colorado, email us. We have a bunch of ideas that we're tossing around right now. And we're trying to get as many people in that community to come together as well. So again, that website is savecolorado.org. And uh, I agree with you guys, we need to start on a local level. And uh, thank you once again, Ricky, for letting me uh, be on this amazing panel. Everyone else, good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird, right? Because I mean, it, this is another one of those dilemmas in the alternative media. It's like you have some people that are just upset and like 
are ready to take action and then other people who have zero hope and then other people who are, you know, are, are really, I mean, I, I'm a big believer of just trying to change minds and hoping I can motivate somebody who has more time than I do to go protest. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like we, we have to do like, how far is it going to go before I guess just talking like doesn't work anymore, right? I guess that's probably some of the some of the things people are are thinking. Yeah, about, and it right? will go that way, right? Like if we are not, you know, having that resistance, it's definitely going to go towards that dystopian future. So, uh, like us having these discussions, and and especially here in Canada, we really need you know uh, people to stand up. Like we only got a few, you know, alternative media's here, like Dan Dix, uh, and then uh, World Alternative Media with Josh. Uh, but like now you're seeing an insane amount, like they're actually talking about how great, like our local government is talking about how great the Melbourne, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, what they did uh, in COVID. And they're actually looking at because now they're saying like these morons are out protesting uh, and it's time to, you know, put in actual lockdown. Like we, we actually shut down all the small businesses, you know, 50% are going to go out of business here. Uh, and then, of course, now the the small businesses are turning into little commies even because now they're um, angry at the big box stores being able to be open. And it's like, oh, we should just uh, not sell any essential goods whatsoever, uh, no non-essential goods. So now stores are starting to, you know, block off and doing what they did in Australia, which was just basically you can't buy anything else but food and and uh, and water. It's so yeah. horrific. It's so it's so horrible and we, we we i'm a big proponent of being in the future and being a visionary which is why i was in costa rica for six months before most realized what was happening and the time is to be one step uh, ahead i'm actually looking at like stephen hassan's uh, mind control i i took a psychology of cults how to deprogram people but i think there has to be a lot of initiatives if it's like zach and i had talked a while ago about a sticker campaign of telling people where to go to get more information to start getting deprogrammed but how to galvanize people into action because again my fear is that people will be too scared to actually do anything and un un until it's it's too late like you have to work with people's initial limitations, right? You you can't get someone who is not not necessarily inclined to be a soldier or participate in defense into defense. You could yeah. probably get them to a protest. You could probably get them to help organize. But what what it really I, and I I think that all of this needs to happen, LA, at the same time. I think because if it doesn't, if it's just, okay, we've got, you know, X amount of people who are storming three state capitals, that's going to get swept under the rug. If we've got a hundred people who are gathering for defense, that's easy to take apart. But if we've got tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people that are all participating in various different um, either actions or training or, uh, you know, any sort of overall activism, then you can kind of overwhelm them. Yeah. Can, can, yeah but... Sorry, can we recruit some of the wealthy? They're not billionaires. They're going to be left out in the dust. Um, or people like Elon Musk that's like, oh, I got 
Yeah, dude, because the PCR Musk test is, is shit. Not, not a good billionaire. He's not one of the good guys. No, I know he's not, but he's tweeting about the PCR test being shit. Uh, yeah, dude, because this is a con. That's why. I'm just saying, can we enlist? We, we need to enlist people that have a myriad different, before well, they lock us in, before they shut down inter, connect, communication via the internet. Um, before you can get around. Have you, guys, have you guys heard about the German lawsuit that's going on now that potentially could go yes. and challenge, you know, in Supreme Court and so in Canada? And, yeah. and if, if anybody wants to know more about that, the Valuetainment Very good, yeah. Uh, yeah. podcast, you know, they just had one of the attorneys on there. I was actually just looking for that attorney's contact information today because I was trying to get him on my show. Um, I haven't had any luck yet, but if you're out there, if you're listening. Come on to Ripple Effect Podcast. Let's talk about the story. But it is a very important story. Yeah, you can find him on a German website, by the way. I try. I sent already to for me and Tim to try to get him. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. really? It's actually a German website. So you got to know a little bit of German. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I, I think I found a Twitter account and it was in German. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to find anything in English. But he's, he's in Germany. But he speaks perfect English. Yeah, he is American, uh, I, I, like American German. Uh, he actually was the guy that sued Deutsche Bank. He sued uh, Vol yeah. uh, Volkswagen. I actually won those two lawsuits. So, and he says, "I'm not stepping out." A lot of in Europe, actually, there's a ton of um, ton of people standing up. There's uh, almost fifty thousand uh, doctors and nurses that are part of Doctors United, I believe. Uh, over in Europe. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, organizations that are actually tackling this uh, left, front and center now, because in Europe, it's, you know, becoming extremely totalitarian. I my, even Sweden are turning into lockdowns right now, by the way, uh, for those of you that, you know, we're excited about Sweden having a little bit of resistance, but it looks like they now have been selling well, out my sister. We have, to, yeah. we have to flatten the curve. First, it was the curve, curve of deaths. Now we have to flatten the curve of cases. What the fuck are we doing? cases that's what we're trying to flatten the curve of cases yeah People, now, that's, now they're yeah. saying that the real that the real scourge on america is a uh, rural america and it's places like north dakota oh, and south course. dakota didn't shut down yeah, or now the big right, boogeyman i almost got kicked out of the gym today for not wearing a mask Oh, I, I yeah, I, I've gotten in many political uh, debates with people who come up to me who are who are liberals who think that I'm not wearing a mask because I'm a Trump supporter. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask because this is ridiculous. I'm like, we're sharing the same spray nozzle. Yeah, I was I was working out and I was you know it's like I'm drinking, I'm like hydrating myself, and they're like they're yelling at me. It's like get the hell out of well, my face. And, and I've said this on on this show a bunch of times. It's not about safety. It's about compliance because they don't care if you have a rag over your face. They don't care if you have something that will not prevent the, the, the spread of anything as long as you just have something on your face so they, they can see that you're compliant. That's all that matters. Right. If it's oh, – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, if, if it's so bad, if, if, if it's so scary, why, why would we have people in the gym working out, using the same equipment, do, you know, sweating, doing all this stuff, breathing hard? It's like it's this, it's like it's this insanity. It hurts my brain. Yeah. But in the last hour – I'm just reading it now, and I'm getting extremely angry since I just moved to Iowa. They have now put a mask mandate throughout the entire state. Now, it may not be as stringent as New York, as they're saying, if you can stay away from you know, six feet or you're only in a place 15 minutes or longer, okay. And there seems to be some loopholes for professional sports. I'm supposed to call my first pro MMA fight this weekend, by the way. Oh, um, we're hoping nice. that well, we'll see. I went to the venue and the guy was gleefully happy that they might shut it down. You see, when the bureaucrats are paid to sit in a fucking office and make the same amount of money not to do anything, they're happy to go along with the tyranny, which really pissed me off. 
Uh, but this is what pisses me off even more. The way I got this gig is I went to a, a place called The Ridge, which is a bar about a mile up the road. No masks, no social distancing, no plexiglass. It, it was as normal as normal could be. If any of you had walked in there, it could have been 2019, no problem. Well, not anymore. Restaurants, bars, bowling alleys, arcades, pool halls, bingo halls, and indoor playgrounds are now required to close at 10 p.m. and cannot host uh, private gatherings of more than 15 people. Masks must now be worn by staff who have direct contact with customers, and customers must wear masks when they are not seated at their table to eat or drink, something that I was basking in while I've been here the last uh, six weeks. Well, I wasn't ready to storm any capitals, but now that they're shutting down bingo halls, I mean, that's the final straw. I'm ready to fucking go tomorrow. Did I say, did they say? For bingo! We were going to wait till December. Bingo. That's the code word. Operation bingo. Tomorrow now. Operation bingo. We got that garbage already. Here they're actually looking at like doing full curfews in between little, you know, counties and so on. So yeah, it's getting insane. What's funny though, is like, it's the actual medical attorney. So it's all the doctors and, and, you know, the spokespeople that they were talking about in event 201 to be used to then, you know, persuade the propaganda onto the, uh, onto the, you know, elected people. So they would, you know, buy in because these are people that have, you know, distinctions that we should listen to. Yeah. If anybody hasn't watched Plandemic, and I'm still running into people who haven't watched the Plandemic documentary, go to Plandemic. I worked on it. You did. Oh, awesome. Yeah. M Mickey's awesome. I, I ended up talking to him for like almost three hours when he was on my show. Super nice guy. But that documentary for a lot of people will connect some dots and it'll make a lot more sense to you than what the TV's telling you is going on. You know, it just, it, to me, it, it's outrageous that people care more about defending their political party than they care about, you know, possibly losing their rights and freedoms there's so many people on the left that really are doing this because of you know because trump in their eyes didn't take the the, the virus seriously so they have to keep beating this dead horse that we have to prove to him that he didn't take it seriously and he should have and all the blood's on his hands and all this stuff so it, it's just it, it's so politically motivated but something we talked about too that reminded me of rich because he, he talks a lot about this is you know how do we get you know how many people are actually going to go out and protest and do something I think one of the problems is our school systems because what we do is reward we reward people who are compliant like I keep saying compliant compliant people people who just regurgitate information they stay in their seat they don't ask questions you'll get a good job you'll get a big house you'll be happy just follow these rules and don't think for yourself and um so I think that's some of the problem too because I I was just interviewed on uh, Deborah gets red pilled which is a great idea for a podcast this guy has his mother-in-law who's a like lifelong democrat and he just and he's a uh like anarcho-libertarian and he, he she's his co-host and they'll have people on like myself and i think charlie's been on and they'll attempt to get through to her and um and she's she's very nice but one thing that you i saw with her and her husband is that even though like the things that we say are making sense, right? Like it's like, okay, this, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. It's, it seems like we're being lied to there. She admitted it. She's like, we're just people who follow the rules. We never like to go against the grain and cause trouble. Like if these are the rules, even if things don't make sense, we're just going to do it. You know, the people who, who stop at the red light, you know, even if it's 2 AM and there's nobody on any street anywhere and you just wait there and you wait there. And even though you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. Let me just go. Uh, or, you know, the people who follow the arrows in the store, even if the store is dead, like 
there's a lot of those people out there. And so, you know, the problem is, and it is, it just, I mean, this goes to an uh, issue that many of us have talked about throughout the years, the school systems. We, we, we create people who don't think for themselves and don't want to, you know, get in trouble for a lack of better term, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Rich, do you, you think I'm right in regards to that? I think there's a lot going on that it's like the whole environment's muddy with non-facts and high emotionality and it gets people with blinders on so that they can't see any bigger picture. So I'm always trying to zoom back and say, what does history tell us about these events and what can we be doing? Right? So what would uh, Miyamoto Musashi or Von Clausewitz or Sun Tzu or even Machiavelli, like what, what are the strategies that you could work on an opponent in these situations where we are outnumbered and the force that we're up against is an international globalist force with, and we don't have local accountability. So the people that are in power, if we resist and they change their minds, they'll just be replaced because it's no longer an American plan, a domestic or foreign policy that's unfolding. What they have is an ages long plan that finally got to the point where everybody's taking notice of it, right? But Joe Biden took notice of it in 1992 when he uh, wrote the article for the Wall Street Journal, How I Learned to Love the New World Order. It's about bringing in the United Nations that America is an obsolete idea. And that's why the globalists supported Biden, not, that, not just that they could whisper anything and he'll repeat it through a microphone, but they did it because he's a very, very, very reliable long-term asset in their organization. He brags at the CFR. He brags at the World Economic Forum. Jason's done some really good coverage just today, just the reports he's done today, connecting Klaus and, and Microsoft's Bill Gates and, uh, and Biden, who are all 20 years later. It's like, here's the things going on. Or Biden, I guess that was just five or six years ago. But these guys all have long-established business relationships prior to COVID. And I think that's important to take on to your consideration palette of uh, things you can choose from to make a decision in your life about these situations. I would just like to add that I, I, I don't think that we're outnumbered, but I do believe I know that we're out organized. So I think that's the most important thing right now is to organize. I agree with you. And it goes back to what Miriam said, uh, the Margaret Mead quote, where it, uh, you know, never underestimate the power of a small group of people to make change. In fact, that's all that ever has. But she's talking about their side. She's part of the small group of people that influence billions of people's lives around the world. So we really do. We have to be that other one or 2% on the other side of the bell curve because yeah. there are people that are totally corrupt and evil. And again, the, I've known Jason for 13, 14 years, and he has been consistent in talking about the first thing he talked about was like, the, the Roman Catholic Church and their pedophile protection network. And I was like, I know, I've been re researching too. So like his message about how these people who are the enemy, they attack the youngest and the oldest among us. And they leave us in the middle of that, dealing with both ends of that spectrum, trying to protect our kids, trying to protect our elderly from their plans of eugenics and population control and world domination that are not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's only illiterate people who think that. If you're literate and you know where to look, these have been written down. And I wanted to ask, Roger Stone, but I didn't get a chance. <laughs> he worked with Barry Goldwater. Barry Goldwater wrote a book called With No Apologies. In chapters 32 and 33, ironically enough, he tells you about the New World Order. He tells you about the Trilateral Commission. He tells you about the Council on Foreign Relations beyond reasonable doubt. So here's a guy who was there and he wrote it in his memoirs. And I just wanted to ask Roger, like, what's, what's your interpretation of this invisible government, this supranational entity that no longer lets Americans have their free will distributed among ourselves. It's always an outside influence and agenda that's being carried out. 
Well, uh, somebody else who's a big Goldwater fan that maybe I can have her on the next episode is Hillary Clinton. So maybe I'll get her. <laughs> there you go. Does she take calls from herself? <laughs> oh wait what year this is still 2020 so i'm still counting on hillary clinton being president soon so don't don't discount her yet <laughs> she essentially will be with kamala harris <laughs> yeah. hey guys i gotta get going pleasure being with you guys so we'll thanks, talk soon John. have a good one i do too thank you gentlemen you, thanks sausages out there appreciate it thank you <laughs> Bye. Thanks, I, I wanted to less. add Onto your uh, your bit earlier there, Ricky. I, I have a theory that in an increasingly secular society, the same energy that goes into a, a spirituality or a faith-based belief system has been transferred into political identity. And we have people walking around who have deified politicians. And uh, the, the like quote-unquote progressives that are neoliberal idiots and training wheels. Um, they, they are emblematic of this, I think, more so than any other voting block right now. Uh, and it is, it's kind of a weird phenomenon to, to watch people literally make a saint out of a career politician. Like the, the amount of faith it takes to do that. It is just so we do it. We do, we do it with scientists, doctors, right? So, I mean, this is another thing that's been exposed more than ever. Is like, I mean, look at Dr. Fauci. Uh, he, when he was questioned about the 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 protests, you know, he 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 obviously had a political agenda because he wouldn't admit that that could have possibly also spread the virus the same way that he was accusing Trump and the rallies to spread the virus. So this, we do put these people on this pedestal that we think that you know, for some reason, because you decide to take this career that you don't have a political agenda or you don't have opinions or perspectives that could influence the way you do policy or, or what you're going to say or what you're going to do. I mean, same thing with big tech, like this idea that there's people behind big tech who are designed those algorithms. So even though it, we, it's, it's a digital thing, it's all designed and run and engineered by people who have political agendas, political, personal opinions and perspectives, and all that stuff is going to come into play and it's going to have some influence on how they, you know, change that search engine or what exactly comes up first or whatnot. So it's, a, you know, we're, we're all human and we're, we all, I mean, even the people on this call, anybody who's ever been on the show or anybody I've ever contacted or, or talked to on a podcast, I mean, we all have some personal views and we do our best to constantly reevaluate where we stand and why we stand there and where our opinions are coming from. But, um, you know, a lot of people don't do that. You know, they, they, pick a, they pick a team, defend that team. They don't even realize that they're doing it. And look what we have our scientists working on nowadays. I mean, they're either working on, you know, like bombs or like, or baldness or like boner pills or some, there's, some, there's, there's like, they're working on bullshit. They're not actually working on things wait, that actually wait, help humanity. Boner pills are, are not bullshit. Okay. They're not bullshit. <laughs> but, but yeah, but in terms of, I don't know, I'm a little bit, maybe a little bit younger than you. So maybe it doesn't But you know, but my favorite, my favorite Barry Goldwater quote, and this used to be on the you back of my Facebook. This is my favorite. This used to actually be my, my cover photo was extremism in defense of liberty is no vice and moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue, which is a Barry Goldwater quote. And Ricky had mentioned, you know, protesting and, and in terms of protesting and, and voting, let's not, let's also remember that 
you know, where we spend our money, where we spend our time, where we spend our, our attention is some of our most important votes that we have. So if we are getting off of things like Google for canceling our YouTube TV or for canceling our cable subscriptions or, you know, just anything and trying to get away and stop trying to feed this beast that is devouring us, I think is one of the most important things that we could possibly do. And I do want to, uh, and I just thought of this because you brought up pandemic. Uh, I'll try to see if I can get uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits on one of these because who is the star of, uh, obviously the pandemic documentary. And don't you know, the first person that started interviewing her and has interviewed her 400 times is Ernest Hancock. Who, I know. He, uh, he, she got, he, so I, Ernest and I talked and actually Donna and I talked too. And yeah. I was trying to get Judy cause I had contact information. I got a whole, I've got, I've got her, I've got her, I've got her phone number. And, oh, uh, awesome. and actually that's actually what led to, uh, Luke Rodowski and I stopped doing videos as he censored a video that I did on March 31st with her right before the pandemic came out. And then all of a sudden pandemic became the biggest story in the world and he, and he wouldn't allow me to air that interview. And that's what caused me to stop doing videos with We Are Change is I put that out there as my line of saying, like, listen, if you're going to censor me from interviewing Dr. Judy Mikovits, then that's, uh, then, then really I see no more. I know I might as well go work for CNN or something. So that was, uh, you know, kind of why that stopped because some people were wondering why that ended uh, pretty abruptly. And unfortunately that was the reason, but I want to get back to Richard, because uh, right before we started this call, you, you know, we were kind of joking around and we were talking about carrier pigeons. And then you had mentioned, uh, and I had mentioned something like, isn't like the like Reuters or Rochelle somehow tied into the, the carrier pigeons? And, and you started getting onto a story and I said, it'd probably be better for the show. So I don't know if, if you can kind of go back to uh, the carrier pigeon uh, story you're about to tell. Only if you guys fact check me on it. I want someone to look, someone to look it up and make sure. This isn't Joe Rogan. I, I was looking at boner pills, so I don't know if I could still. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Um, I'm in the midst of writing a multi-volume history of the Rothschilds based on their own archives, that a lot of which are still available and accessible and through uh, 50 biographies and autobiographies. And during that search, and it was specifically in their online archives, uh, the family archives in English, that in 1828, they partnered up with Reuters. So Reuters was this, this nascent news company. And then they, they, they came in and said, you know, we have something to offer. And they made a partnership in 1828. Prior to that, the Rothschilds had uh, helped the English government. Uh, they, they ran out of funds for Wellington. And then uh, Nathan Rothschild just happened to be sitting on a bunch of gold from the East India Company that pervade opium around the world and ran a big black market subjugating like China and stuff. So he took that gold that really wasn't, well, maybe he was part of ownership. I don't have that technicality, but he took gold from the East India company. He gave it to the British troops. They were able to, uh, to win. And so the way that the, uh, the markets tumbled was they got early information and they used carrier pigeons. And this is, this is pretty well fleshed out through their own documents and through their own archives. Though what I have to say from reading a whole bunch of their stories from the family is everyone's got little differences in their stories, depending on who they heard it from in the, in the family. So you really have to read across. So this the, wasn't the Napoleonic war. This was after, this was after that or. Well, uh, the Napoleonic war is where they used, uh, where Waterloo was reported back to Rothschild and he was able to play the market and make a large gain on the market from that early access to information. And some, some of the family stories point out the carrier pigeon and the encryption and writing it in Hebrew and, and this sort of network that they had uh, to facilitate information much faster. And then they get to Reuters and they're involved in, in that wire service. And then they get into the transatlantic cable around the turn of the century, whole bunch of railroads and mining operations in between. Very interesting family, very interesting history all over the world. Lots of different robber barons connected in there. And uh, yeah, but when you guys were talking about carrier pigeons, Tesla also had a very strong 
uh, affinity for carrier. Um, I mean, sorry, he had a affinity for pigeons. Sort of Mike Tyson. I, actually, I read today that uh, there was a carrier pigeon that sold for $1.9 million, but that was fascinating uh, history lesson because I, I always heard people say that it was a carrier pigeon for Waterloo, but I guess, you know, things down the road get messed up with, you know, in translation, but no, thank you for that history. And this is the first time Mike Tyson and Tesla have been compared, I think. <laughs> but not the, last. Yeah, not the last. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on these shows. <laughs> I'm just going to bring up Reuters for a second, see if I have it. And then, and then you go to the election, like on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and it says, you know, for the fact checked of the of Donald Trump loss is brought to you by Reuters. So, you know, oh, wait, you wait, I got an update for you on this. Can you guys see my screen? Yes, sir. Uh, yep. All right. So Reuters is here. Uh, Rothschild family. And it's Sir Evelyn de Rothschild is currently uh, on the board of directors. And the Economist Group also has an interest in it. And the Economist Group is also owned by Sir Evelyn de Rothschild and his wife, Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. And uh, the Economist, uh, if you guys don't know them, they're the ones who are predicting a global super world currency around right now. And then in the last election, they said, we don't have a vote in your country. But if, it, if we did, it'd be our, for our friend Hillary Clinton. She's also named in the WikiLeaks. Hillary and Lynn DeForester de Rothschild, they have a long relationship. They sign their emails, hugs and kisses. That's all I have on the Reuters. Back to you, Ricky. Hey, guys. Thanks again for having me on. I have to... Uh head out but yeah, yeah. Well, well we can wind this down but we we uh you want to let people know where they can get a hold of uh you and well i guess we'll do the rounds and let everybody else do the same thing but if you're leaving first we'll we'll, we'll uh yeah that'd be great thank you uh yeah so uh, again kingsley edwards with uh joinfloat.com we're building a social network where uh and also marketplace going after the features of, of uh, facebook against big tech uh using encrypted technology blockchain technology peer-to-peer -peer stuff it's really cool. Uh, we got Tim, I know, is, is streaming there uh, pretty much daily, I, I think. And uh, we got a bunch of good people on, on the platform. We got uh, Josh Sigurdsson, Ernie Hancock, uh, Sam Tripoli even has an account, although we got to get him posted more. Anyway, we're up and, we're up and coming. We're just about to raise uh, a, a shit ton of money. Part of my French, but I'm really excited about it. And so I want, you know, especially with you guys, like, please, I'm here for you. We're building this, uh, you know, for the truth seekers, to the freedom fighters. And, um, and we just, you know, we want it with any, any, uh, suggestions or advice as far as what we can do to, to help you get your message out, let us know. And we will, uh, you know, we'll add it to our pipeline and put it up. And now we finally have the money. We just launched last year. Um, but we, we're going to finally have the money to, uh, to really build things, uh, right and build them fast. And, and, uh, hopefully at least we'll be one solution out there that, uh, that, you know, won't, won't take you down. So thanks again for having me on. Yeah. Well Timing's perfect because I think people are finally sick of, uh, you know, all the other alternatives or main, you know, mainstream platforms and they're looking for alternatives. So absolutely. yeah, for people like yourself. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks. See you, Kingsley. So, uh, <laughs> everybody just looks like sad and depressed and warned. warned <laughs> We're just like, now what? We didn't change anything. <laughs> I'm pissed, man. I the mask thing is really what's fucking pissing me off. Like I knew this, like literally today, Ricky. So I I told this story on mixed martial mindset before this. I guess this is the way I'm oh, gonna wrap it up. With John, yeah. You? yeah, 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 yeah. When's John even come on uh, one of these? I I've been I've been hammering on him. The problem is he's usually taking his kids to wrestling. Literally that hour. That same. After he, he really does. Like sometimes he even leaves the the show early. But so today I, I went to the the venue. Uh, the, the fights are at River City Center, okay? Now, I went 
um, about two weeks ago, I think it was, or no, a month ago, they had fights back to back again. And yes, they made you wear a mask, but when you're sitting down, you weren't. There were drinks, there were food, these were fighters, things weren't that stringently enforced. You know, I got to see a live sporting event again. I was having a great time. Just to be a part of that, I was psyched for this, right? But when I'm in the venue, and like I said, I'm overhearing this guy gleefully talking about shutting it down and how the governor's going to make an announcement at 6 p.m. Now, the governor hasn't shut it down yet, but Ricky, man, I moved across the country because I don't want a fucking diaper on my face. I don't want a mask. I don't want, I want to be human again. My, you know, my, my, uh, my niece looked at me about an hour before this um, up there and she, they're, they're upstairs watching the school board. Okay, they're having their meeting whether or not, and I don't even know yet whether they're going full remote or they're going to remain going three days a week. But she looked at me with almost tears in her eyes, the 11-year-old, and goes, well, Uncle Jason, if I can't go to school here, then why do we move across the country? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, what can I tell her? And I look at her and I, you know, I want to cry because I don't want this. So, you know, I just want to end it with saying, you know, we, we can't give in. We're already on the ground. For, you know, forget about it. We, we might have been shot a couple times. I can't tell you how bad it is. The bottom line is the metaphor is over and we have to take action. And we have to take it directly to the government in the halls of government with masses of people with civil unrest, but not violence. And I really think at this point, that's the only way we're going to get it done. Yeah, I think a lot more people are ready to listen. And the plan is that uh, they want lockdown until like this time next year. This is as of today. There's a new stories coming out today. Lockdowns till this time next year. All sorts of other things that really don't match up with freedom and liberty and anything to do with the constitutional republic that we all live in. So if we stop listening to non-elected people who are not using science, because when you censor a whole aspect of dissent, that's not science. That's totalitarian despotism, Right. So, yeah, it is time to step up and communicate with our loved ones, communicate with your friends and family, your people in your community, and start organizing yourself for around the facts of what's going on and break yourself from the illusion that the, the magic picture screen is telling you the truth and you don't need to think for yourself. Even though Zuckerberg and Sergey Brin and Larry Page, those guys, the tech overlords, don't want you to think for yourself, it's the only way out because it was the only way into the trap. Not thinking for ourselves is how we got in here. The assumptions is how they really control people. They assume what they, oh, Joe Biden won. They says it on the TV. It's, you know, and they acted out accordingly. So assumptions and, belie and beliefs. Yeah, and beliefs, good point, Tim. Beliefs and things that are not true. That's another big one. That's how they control people. Those are the invisible chains that have to be broken. And they, you know, we need to make our, our voices heard. We need to make our presence seen. But the people that are sitting in these locally elected places, like they're not the masterminds of all this. And the people who are the masterminds, they're just raining money into the situation and bribing DAs and all sorts of other stuff that's behind the scenes and not getting reported. So we are up against insurmountable odds, but we need to do our best and bring excellence to it every day, regardless of the odds, because it's what needs to be done. It's what's right. And it's what, it's what fuels freedom going into the future and they're trying to extinguish it right now in a, a substantial way like they're on full speed ahead we just need to tap the brakes a little bit get control over the car yeah i also want to let people know at, at home out there who might be listening and they might be getting very discouraged and 
when you're when you're looking even even us on, uh, up up here and you know the guys that you know respect you know guys like Jason you know tremendously and Richard and just met Steve today and try to learn more about you in the future and Ricky everything you guys have done but no one is ever a prophet in their own village so like even we talk to people who are closest to us they might look at us as you know from when we're three years old and might not necessarily uh, you know we not have the same gravitas as listening to somebody else. So, you know, it's important to maybe share other people's podcasts, what other people are saying, and just let people know that even, you know, some of us over here who are black belts in this stuff still can't even sometimes convince the people that are absolutely closest to us and that no one is a prophet in their own village. But until we get this information and are able to, uh, just culture jam and show people what is actually going on. They don't know what's going on. And, and, and unfortunately I think this one of the second biggest, I think the biggest psyop is coronavirus. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, 9-11 might be the second, but maybe the third biggest PSYOP could be uh, the whole QAnon movement because what it did is it took that small minority of people who were the, who were the one to 3% that were going to do something and it misdirected them and misguided them into sh- sitting down, doing nothing, trusting the plan. And so when I was out there saying, you know, listen, we need to get into blockchain voting and they're going to steal it from, not that I, and I think the whole thing's a game. I don't even, you know, bother voting now, but, you know, but to think that, uh, I think that all that energy was then harnessed and kind of just maybe it was, you know, it was still kind of aiming at the system, but it was slightly diverted just the tiniest bit. And that diversion made the shot miss. And, and all these, you know, hardcore people sat there and did nothing because they thought that they were winning when really they're being chumped the entire time. And so, you know, obviously I'm not going to win some friends uh, with, with, you know, that type of comment, but, you know, I've been saying that for ever since day one. And so it's just important to know that we do have some numbers on our side. We just need to make sure that, you know, our energy is directed at the right places and trying to get decentralized, trying to actually get the ball over the target. And, you know, and, and the best thing to do is not necessarily win their system is create a new, new system. And that's why I got bigger into cryptocurrencies because I didn't want to win their game. I wanted to create another game. And uh, thank you so much, Ricky, for putting this on. And you guys can find all of our, all of, uh, you know, John and I put out a lot of episodes. Uh, Liberty Advisor Show is for all the uh, media stuff. We've got great guests like Richard Grove is coming up on Friday. We've got uh, actually one of the co-founders of SpaceX on Thursday. Another guy on Thursday is uh, uh, Russ from the, the Real Estate Guys show. So we do a lot of, uh, you know, financial stuff, trying to break down the left-right paradigm, economics and blockchain, and then obviously get into some of the conspiracy content. But thank you guys for having me on so much. And, and you guys are, uh, you know, heroes in my eyes. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. And uh, slow news day. You want to let people know where they can get your stuff? Yeah, and and, uh, and and Tim, you were speaking my language there, man. That that was fantastic. Uh, I uh, I can be found at slownewsdayshow.com. It's got the full archive of our shows. My my tech for the show, Sleepy Josh, just built the website. It's pretty new. Uh, we'll be adding additional content and content and audio only uh versions of the show as well um i'm on twitter at slow news day show uh and uh i do a i I do two shows now on sunday that's right uh 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific and then later on in the afternoon we go live exclusively on rockfin um which I, i am a huge fan of that platform and can't say enough nice things about um jason's on there too yeah yeah, and and if you're if you're not, you you need to get hip to it. Yeah, you, you I've I I, I talked to what's it, Jamie and a cu- couple other people from there. I I uh, I just can't find the time to do a extra show. I don't know how Jason does. He literally does like twenty eight hours of videos in a twenty four hour day. I don't know how you put <laughs> up so much content. It's crazy. Like I literally, it's just watching a video of yours, and then I'll see there's a new one. 
that was like just i'm like how do you find time? it's amazing well this is it i'm trying to do this full time and you know what i wouldn't be able to do it full time without rockfin because look um jordan seems like a nice guy i know float is on the up and up in fact if float can do some ingenuitive things such as being able to let creators go live from their phones i think that's the only thing right now missing from the rockfin platform the reason it doesn't have an android app either yes but but that's you know it's coming it's just like listen if i could go live from anywhere it's a game changer for me it's already a game changer that i can broadcast live where i can't do that on bitshoot and mines and the other big platforms the other thing that is important about it is i couldn't make this content if i couldn't pay the bills it wasn't free to move my family across the country. It wasn't free to put them into gymnastics. Anybody who has a family knows this. So instead of relying on advertising or even relying on a, a, a group of people to take free content, yes, the free content is there, but they make it into an almost a group-based Patreon experience at a flat rate. So it's $9.99 if they sign up through you, they get Slow News Day. They get Jimmy Dore. They get the Convo Couch. And guess what? If you're signed up to the Convo Couch, you get Jason Burmas. The other thing is they're not taking on everybody. It's not just a free-for-all. You got to be approved. So if you are in free-thinking media and you're there, great. There's also – it's niche. So there could be people in the MMA community, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, or wrestling community that are also into that. And the thing is, if they watch your stuff uh, paid, your premium content, that also works to make you actual capital. And I am very happy to say that Rockfin is almost, uh, or the Ray token, which is, you know, a uh, subsidiary of Ether, it's an ERC-20 token, has gone from when I first was there, okay, I think it was about 42 cents. Now, pre-COVID-1984, it hit a max of 72 cents. Right now, it is higher, uh, hovering in the 90 cent to $1.07 range. That's huge. Uh, without Rockfin, I would not have been able to travel the country and look at all these places. So, uh, again, that's how I'm finding the time, Ricky. And just so everybody knows, go make the free account now because I am live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. And I leave that content free for 24 hours or more. That way I don't feel guilty. And then on top of that, if it's a long broadcast or there's something I think I can make YouTube appropriate, I put that on YouTube too. But what's great about it, Ricky, is I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and every once in a while, I start saying something on YouTube that is the truth about COVID-1984. And I'm like, am I going to get pulled for that? Am I even going to get an email? I can't get a review on a thumbnail of Justin Trudeau in blackface with a fake dick. Okay, so I don't know whether I'm getting a review on my channel or not. So, and it was Trudeau's picture. It's, like, it's a legit <laughs> picture. It's not made up. <laughs> it's, it's not, and it's not the only one. The guy dressed like fucking Aladdin. I mean, what planet are we on where that's what they pick for the censorship of Jason Burmis and then won't address it when I throw it in their face how ridiculous it is? They so, dinged me for collateral murders 10-year anniversary. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got a copyright claim on one of the most heavily censored and suppressed videos on youtube so yeah man yeah and then they roll my view counts backwards that's always fun (laughs) they yank videos uh never never once have i gotten an email when they've taken down a video yeah so again rockfin's not only not you know technology is about what either empowerment or enslavement you keep going to platforms like youtube and yes they get a great uh you know, a great number of people because they're the number two search engine in the world, number one video platform, but they are using what the tools of enslavement through censorship. 
And on the flip side of that, Rockfin is putting me on the front page and fucking emailing my content out, empowering my voice. So Rockfin, 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 and Rockfin. Ricky, Rockfin. I know. <laughs> hey, I subscribed Ricky, to the Rockfin, Rockfin, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to host on there. It looks like a sweet platform. And if you hadn't said it so many times so consistently, Jason, I probably would have let it be like, oh, Well, I wasn't on board until the last time you said Rockfin. Then I would. <laughs> it's the 17th Rockfin that usually gets them. Did yeah. I mention that Rockfin is an upcoming platform? And again, they're not beholden to whether or not you're going to watch a fucking thing about the latest Sony earbuds. Yeah. That's, that's what's cool about it, man. And I'm telling you right now, um, th their business model is convincing. It's involving real money. And Matt, Martin Florini, uh, who is the founder of that, is the guy behind Flow Sports. And anybody who's into underground sports and wrestling knows that Flow Sports was one of the only underground sports networks to become successful financially. So it's got that going for it, too. So Rockfin, Rockfin, Ricky Rockfin. Yeah, well, just let people know where they can find your stuff. YouTube and what's the other platform? It's, uh, it's Rockfin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love the last five minutes of silliness that happens on here. It's almost like we're, it's like we're fatigued. Well, not Jason. I mean, he he seems like he's uh, uh, uh took you know a handful of dick pills and uh, <laughs> well, he's he's not an Eastern time anymore. He's like, oh. now, so he's. <laughs> Listen, guys, the funny thing is, is the only reason I was going to skip today is because I got like one hour of sleep. I, I woke up, I did my whole thing. And I was like, literally, I got everything done. I like I said, I went to the arena. And I went I haven't had McDonald's since I've gotten here because I'm in a city area and I don't have to eat disgusting. And you but love for, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to do the union of the Iwana tonight. I'm going to go get some fucking McDonald's. I still got a fucking leftover Big Mac right here. Didn't even eat it. Ah, oh, come on. And I figured that I was going to just go totally comatose and go to bed. And then as I'm sitting here eating my fish filet, I'm like, oh, let's see who's here. And then Roger Stone was there. And I'm like, fuck this filet of fish. And I, <laughs> I got out here as quick as I could to at least get a question or two. So, you know, man, sponsor. did Tim Dillon steal the filet of fish while you were waiting? Oh, the you know, it's, it's buy one, get one for a dollar. So it's almost like the two, two for five. So props to uh, Tim Dillon for the filet of fish over on the Rogan election special. <laughs> that was awesome. Maybe McDonald's is, is the secret. Because, I mean, Donald Trump eats McDonald's. He has tons of energy for 80-year-olds. Uh, it's named after him. That's why he eats it. He thinks it's named <laughs> after him. <laughs> it's the best. Richard, I got I to gotta get your contact information. I, I got to get you on the show sometime. You guys do need to hook up. How did you – oh, Tim got it from Ernie. Um, uh go to yeah uh, all right you guys could just go in the chat too you know that yeah, well i was just right going to give them I'll, I'll give you two websites and the first one i'm going to give you has a place where you can get on my schedule steve so you just jump on there uh get autonomy.info forward slash 19 skills download the pdf and then two emails from that pdf i'll offer you a meeting and you can hop on my schedule and all it's right. a useful pdf a lot of people need those skills, but that's not what I teach. That's like two slides out of my course that we made a little PDF out of. And my other website right now, that's a everybody website. You guys are all going to be featured there if you're not already. Uh, grandtheftworld.com. And we do a live podcast every week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. You guys are welcome to hang out on that too. It's run as a Zoom call, kind of like this. And uh, we cover whatever news has been piped in through the RSS feeds to Grand Theft World during that week. So there's a lot of Burmas, Temple, Luke Radowski. There's some Ricky now and then. There's some Corbett. 
pretty regularly, these sort of things. Uh, it's 35 to 40 freedom-related media hosts that we're conglomerating there. And anyone who wants to can use it as their website or a showcase for their offers. So if you don't have your own personal media platform, you can get an editor account, post, post to your heart's content, consider it part, partly yours. At least that part can be yours. Awesome. Yeah. Well, th thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys being on. I'll, uh, I'll send you the links to the audio and video and all that stuff. And I'm hopefully sometime, if not tonight, tomorrow morning. And because uh, I'm sure my kids are like, we need to watch Monday Night Raw. Dad, hurry up. And, uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, uh, but yeah, I'll get you guys all that stuff. And, and if anybody did record it, uh, obviously, like I always tell you guys, it's open source. That's kind of my my problem with with Rockfin is that I, I care so much about, and I've had this discussion with Rich a bunch of times. I've had, I, I, I want to put this stuff out there and I want it to be easy for people, people to get access to. And I love that whole James Corbett open source idea of like, steal my stuff, take it, put it anywhere, just get the information out there that uh, putting anything behind a paywall uh, just seems, you know, against that a little bit. But, um, but like you said, you have to pay the bills that if you want to do it full time, it's like. And, and Ricky. I offer it all for free within 24 hours. There's never a time that any of my content is not for free at some point on that platform. So, so right now I have listening. If you have a account, so if it's somebody and I'm asking this for myself and probably sure. people listening, if you create a Rockfin account and uh, you can create one, even if you're not paying for yes. it and you, yes. can, yeah. you have to, that's the thing. You yeah. can't just go there. That's why you have to create the account. And that's the other thing that's really cool about this is that I know who's interested in my content. I get all their emails. It's the most transparent platform I've ever seen. So in other words, I'm telling everybody what I'm putting out there. Okay. If you tune in, just like you were to listen to Alex Jones on a Monday, you get to get it and the replay the whole day. And it's not until the next day that I would put it behind an archive paywall for like a prisonplanet.tv subscriber. Now, the other thing is I'm asking for a flat fee and that if you're not even giving to me, you're giving to somebody else. It's helping the platform grow again, based around not advertising. So I understand your hesitance, but what I do is also a lot of reposting there. So let's say that I triple stream, which I do to YouTube, Twitter, and Rockfin. That Rockfin content may be under a premium paywall, but I promise you, you'll be able to find it either on Twitter or YouTube free. There is no time, and I want to repeat this, that my content at one point is not free for at least 24 hours. So I guess that's one, one way to justify it. And the other thing is, if you've got cool people that are willing to just donate anyway on that $10 monthly basis and don't care if it's all behind a premium paywall, guess what? You can just leave it all free. There is no thing where you become a creator and they say hey you've got to make premium content so to, to underscore that the other show that i co-host the free assange vigil has a rockfin account and all of it is free and that's because it's you know the nature of the show uh we're not trying to make money off of it that's not what we do so we have uh, an agreement with rockfin that that channel never has any premium content uh so it is it's you know it's possible definitely possible and you still get a you know tiny little amount of ray tokens every day for having an account on the platform and being part uh, of rockfin yeah it's uh, it, and talking to people who work for the company they all seem like they're right on board with you know people having the right to say what they want and, 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 you know, having the, that type of ha 
having no censorship basically so which is exactly what we're all looking for and i think a lot of listeners and of all our shows are also looking for that so it's always good to be able to support companies like that like tim said or i think tim said it you know you using your your money to you know is one way of, of protesting, you know, pay for the services and, and, and really support the people you like. And uh, so go out there. If you have money, go spend it on some of us. Oh, with your dollars. Yes, exactly. Vote with your dollars. Like I bought a sweatshirt from you. I bought a hat from Luke. I'm going to get something from Burmas. I haven't been to the store yet, but he's got a store. Don't you, Jason? Yeah, I do. But you know what? That's the one of those things that if I'm not really working on it, I don't pump out that much. And, and the thing is, I'm a graphic designer too. I should be doing that more, but I'm, I'm addicted to the content, man. Let's like, get you a couple apprentices so you can focus on what you need to do, but still facilitate these other activities that might help you out. <laughs> well, hey, we're building. We're building, baby. We're trying. Let's get through this COVID-1984 election nightmare and see what it looks like on the other side of February, and we'll really kick it into high gear then. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks, guys. We'll all keep in touch. Once I have the links and everything, I'll send it to you. Feel free to post it, upload it anywhere you want, and, uh, and I'm sure we will all talk again soon. Thanks, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Have a great thanks, night, guys. guys. Take Good care. Talking to you, Take Kyle. care, y'all. Rich. Peace. It was a pleasure.